Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast at night's two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. I'm your host Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Yo. But we're not doing that this week. No, we're going to something different. You know the big screen, mate, let's, let's make it smaller. This is the first time this show has diverged. It's put the brakes on the, uh, the movie train and uh, we're going to take a little look at the small screen TV series. You know why, mate? Because... Lockdown, we've had like... It's our fucking podcast, yeah, that's why. podcast, but also because two years have been a lockdown. It's been a great time to, you know, get to get to grips with what your favourite, you know, the big things. You remember when this lockdown started? It was all about the small screen. It was about the Tiger King on Netflix, oh, you yeah. know, Line of Duty. It's been two years of the small screen and we just wanted to celebrate that a little. Yeah, now, now with streaming services and so many streaming services and more A-listers making their way to the small screen. Yeah. The calibre of writing, acting, directing is just insane. I think you have to you have to give more of yourself to a character as well. In a, in a film, if you've only got two hours, sometimes you can't do everything you can. However, five series, maybe 12 episodes, you have a fully time to go from point A to point B with a character. You, you've got the time to invest in that character. You, you can fall in love with that character. You can, as an actor, I imagine you feel personally when something happens to that act, uh, character. It's, it's a great medium, mate. Great. Talking about Shield, aren't you? I am talking about Shield because I'm fairly <laughs> confident it's not going to be in your list. So that's what I was going to say. Is it's all about the checklist where he starts and where he ends up is a fantastic journey. Well, I've just started. This is a catalyst for this. I just started the Shield after years of you saying to watch it, and yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm obviously still on series one. Yeah, but this was really the catalyst for this conversation to say let's let's slow down with the movies. Let's. We're going to run out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, last year we did an entire year. <laughs> They're gone. We'll never talk about them again. This this time we need to look at, yeah, just the TV shows. And who knows, it might spawn some spin-off episodes, yeah. you know, in our, in our little podcast. But if this is your first time, don't forget to like and subscribe. You'll get a new episode each and every week in your inbox on a Monday morning, ready for you to, you know, download and digest and take in throughout the week on your oh. commute, your dog walk, your exercise, whatever it is. Let us be there with you in your head. Yes, and we thank you for all our regular listeners. You have no idea what it means to us that you constantly engage with us on the Twitter. You download our episodes. We love you more than you'll ever know, baby. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. I feel like I'm being nice. I, I love the big screen. I love it. It's magical. But I feel like my favourite characters all come from TV. Oh. Yeah, so there's not a spoiler, but one of my favourite one of my favourite characters is in, is, is ever of all time, is in a... TV production. So I'm looking forward to talking about that later. I think also TV is more accessible to people. It, like yeah. I always find that when I go, if I'm at a party or if I'm at a gathering or anything like that, and I'm talking about movies is very hit and miss because someone, you know, quite often someone in the group hasn't seen it, but whereas TV shows, there is this kind of, I don't know, more of a blanket in of people saying, yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. And, and I'm always surprised that, I could talk to someone who's not seen Die Hard, but I'll then say, oh, you know, you talk about Game of Thrones. Like, oh, yeah, so every episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, I always found as well that TV shows are the ones that... So a few years ago, and one of the major talking points against streaming sites was that it would get rid of what they call the water cooler. You know, at work, everyone stands around, they talk about things. I think, actually, it's never been more pre pre uh, predominant as it is now. Game of Thrones is a great catalyst. Game of Thrones had everyone talking. There's there's a very small minority of people who haven't seen Game of Thrones. They're their own subculture now. It's like I've done this instead of watching Game of Thrones. I'm I did a masters, and then other people are like, yeah, I watch Jon Snow. <laughs> but that's a great. Well, if you think about it, that that started something 
miraculous. That started like big budget. And as a result of on Game of Thrones, in the next, I believe it's next year or maybe the year after, the Lord of the Rings TV series comes out on Amazon and it's supposed to be a killer, the biggest budget ever spent on anything. And remember, this is a TV series, so this is going to not be like for a two-hour extravaganza. This is going to be like 12 hours, mm. eight hours. There's going to be hella money spent, mate. Hella money. And you get to see so much more in Middle Earth. And- yeah, exactly. And telling a different story. And I really like the idea that you can do more. In a two-hour film, you know, Harry Potter has to get from point A to point B. However, set it a set, set a TV series with unknown characters, but play in that universe. That's where your fun comes, mate. That's where your excitement comes from. A, a TV series at Hogwarts would be epic. It would be. And it would be characters you don't know. It would be so cool. I reckon it should be that Hagrid's Apprentice. Mate, now you're talking. That is yeah. a wicked TV show. Take a load of muggles, right, and put them in, like, uh, potions cookery. And you just be like, right, I've knew. And you are like, I don't know if they're taking a piss. <laughs> or, like, and then, and then you <laughs> then you get, um, who's that angry chef? Ramsay. Get Ramsay in there. Like, you call this mud of swine? <laughs> it would be cool if you had a crossover, like, Bake Off on the grounds of Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to kill him. <laughs> But um, Game of Thrones is a great example. I, I, that that everyone was talking about that, and you're right. At work, people talk about TV series more so than films. Yeah, films are, it's expensive to go to the movies. Yet yeah, everyone's got a Netflix account. Everyone's got usually basic TV. Everyone's got like the big three. If you think about it, Game of Thrones was like I joined that party late. Like I crammed in. Yeah, you did all of it, and then I got it got you know so that when series eight came out, the final series, I was up to date. Yeah, you timed I, that to perfect. Like two months of ramming in, and but I remember sitting at that finale, and like everyone's like, eight years, eight years we've been waiting for this, and I was like, six weeks. No, I was like, I was like, it's been a long road, boys. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So what we'll do then is we'll just talk openly from season to season, whatever it is about uh, shows. And then at the end, we'll reveal your top five. I've got a top five. Mate, it was difficult. So I had 36 in the end. Yeah. 36. It was really difficult. I'm quite fat, mate. I spent a lot of time in front of the TV. Yeah, it's, this has been hard. It has been hard. It's been difficult. But in the end, I went with my heart. I went with I went with my favourites that I always go back to. Yeah. And for the record, I Sharp is a series of TV movies. Therefore, well, it's not in my list. So, yeah, and here's some other things. We've kept animation out. Which is a shame because I would say Batman the Animated Series would have been in my top five. But also, James, another episode in a few weeks' time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, it's time let's, to do animation TV series. <laughs> it's time to go back to that one. Yeah. 162 episodes. We're running out of ideas. Yeah, let's not peak too soon, right? Let's keep ideas in the bank for whatever we need to do. Um, also, yeah, um, I'm not going to judge a series by its ending, neither. No, no. You, sh- you shouldn't because that's you're not... That's not why you're there. You're there for the journey. Yeah. A proper Middle Earth, that. <laughs> well, I'm not looking at you, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I'm looking at you, Dexter. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go through it. We'll have a look and um, then we'll start whittling down to our top five then. So yeah. I've just got, I've got a huge list. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. And it, So these are in absolutely no particular order. Okay. Other than maybe the biggest show of all time, Friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the place to start, right? Well, everyone likes Friends. Yeah. Everyone loves Friends. Doesn't age well? Doesn't age well at all. I never really liked Friends. <laughs> did, you, did you grow up with Friends? I grew up with no one. Oh, you mean, <laughs> oh, right. you mean, you mean a TV series? Um, do you know what? I've got fond memories of my friends talking about Friends. I was, I was like watching Friends with Friends. Yeah. Friends to me is something that, did you know that in New York it's incredibly cheap to live? There's no minorities in New York. And ultimately you can do nothing, yet afford everything. There's only what I really loved about that is uh, the character of Rachel Green, played by Jennifer Aniston. In, I'm sure in one of the early seasons, she gets a 
letter. It's the, I think it might be one of the funniest jokes in French. It's, the letter says one letter of two. <laughs> and I loved that. I thought it was quite funny. However, she still lives there mm. and she's a waitress. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not sorry, but she's not pulling down dollar. Yeah, Friends is all right. I, I love Friends. I, I, I must admit, as a, growing up, I used to watch it all the time. Everyone watched Friends. Everyone had the VHS, the series. Yeah. But then as you get older and you realise like none of it was filmed in New York. No. Like it was, a, I was a bit like, oh, don't peek behind the curtain of Friends because you're ruining the magic. The September 11th episode after September 11th, they didn't address the World Trade Centres and the, the um, you know, the terrorist attacks because they are, in their words, fake New Yorkers. And yeah. so all, so what I say all, what they did in that episode is they, they hung a giant, American flag in the background of Central Perk and that episode is oh, like right. a nod, but they didn't address it because it's all shot in LA. All the exterior shots of buildings and stuff like that, segues, that's all New York. Yeah. yeah it's um, it's like when I found out like Cloverfield was shot in LA. I'm like, fuck off. That was New York. It was New York. Cloverfield did a good job. They did a really good job of making <laughs> you think it was, and, and I know Friends is a set. You could clearly, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? But it had. But you got to remember at the time we didn't really care. No. You know, the nice, we didn't care about a set. You know, it didn't come on to like, really the office, really, when you think about we only cared about realism. Oh, it has to be shot on location. Yeah, back then we were happy with the obvious sets. You know, no one, mate, New York apartments aren't that big, especially <laughs> ones that you can afford on them salaries. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Or no salaries, apparently. Exactly. You can tell about it. But, you know, where did you sit? Who was your favourite friend? If it's not Chandler Phoebe, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, every time I've watched it, I've gone round the asses. Uh, sometimes I watch it and I think Ross is a, is a, David Schwimmer is a, is a, is a god of comedy. I, I don't, I'd agree with you up until, but there's a problem. And, it, and I, I'm sorry, Americans, it comes because you don't know how to end a TV series. The characters become caricatures of themselves. And True. Ross might have been the worst example of that. You know, he's quite clever in the first one, quite. Quite, it's quite dark, but by that last series, mate, he's a pillock. Yeah, yeah. But they all do that. Joe's the only one that started do, the same yeah. and ended the same. But because he even, has no character. <laughs> yeah, I suppose even then, though, he does play it up. We haven't got time to dwell on too many of these. I'm I just want to address him. No, it's my fault. I'm taking us down a rabbit hole. Friends, great. Not my top five. No, none. Mine not neither. Did you see Deadwood? I've only ever seen one series of Deadwood, and the only reason I stopped was because I lost access to it. I really liked Deadwood, what I saw. I haven't finished it. I, I listened to another podcast, Red Band Reviewers podcast, and they crowned Deadwood as their top I've heard. TV series. So then I started watching it off that. And um, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Ian McShane, you know... Um, so just got good Timothy Oliphant, which is very rare. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See, that, what's the other show he's in that? Santa Clara Diet. He's pretty good in that as well. I've never seen it. I've got no interest in that. Nathan Fillion's in it. Maybe I'll give it a watch. The first episode. There you go. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to just, I think the next one on my list is in your list. So I'm going to save that and come back to it. So what about okay. The Wire? Is yep. that in your list as it's well? It's also in my list. All right, I'm going to leave that then. So I think <laughs> The Sopranos and The Wire <laughs> are in your list. So The Shield. I love The Shield. I didn't want to put it in though. I love The Shield so much, mate. It's so good. We are not Marvel of Shield. We're talking about Michael Chiklis. We're talking late 90s, early 2000s. He's a cop. He's a bad and mate, but he gets the job done. It's kind of like what I'd call in the realism cop. They don't sort out cases there. And then he's a ripper. He runs the streets. I think it's so multi-led. It's so brilliant. Uh, everything about it is great. It puts its face in gun violence. Uh, it's written well. It's acted superbly, superbly. Michael Chiklis, let's be honest, was no one's favourite actor, but he knocks it out of park at these secondary characters, mate. And there's a theme coming up here. I love secondary characters. Dutch. Our, oh, yeah. our Dutch boy, mate, Claudette Williams, played by the imperious, um, I can't remember her name. That's fucking wound me up. She was on my list of underrated actors as well. She's like near the top. That's fucking wound me up. It'll come to you in a minute. Yeah. 
Anyway, Claudette is a fantastic character as well. Even uh, the Captain Aceveda, his sleaziness. I know you don't want to talk too much, mate, and I, I don't want to spoil it for you. You were in for some good times. You can see where Kurt Sutter, uh, Kurt Sutter is the creator of Sons of Anarchy. He was a writer and a production on this, and you can tell this, mm. this influence seeds into Sons of Anarchy. It's brilliant. What about, and we're at an anniversary of this TV show, Band of Brothers? Uh, look, Band of Brothers was a fantastic one-off. It was at a time when we really loved World War II films. Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg produced this on the back of Saving Private Ryan. Damien Lewis, never heard of him before. Great. I think the secondary actors, again, brilliant. It's HBO classic. They take actors that you don't recognise because they can pay them less, turn them into stars, mate. Band of Brothers was a big budget. It, it was. felt big budget, didn't it? And I really liked the way it was shot. Every episode had a different style. So you would have POV from a certain character or the character, you'd have them narrating. I mean, this TV series made look made Donnie Warburg made Donnie Warburg look awesome mate and that's a difficult thing to do because the only thing he's famous for is stealing the kid there you go <laughs> you're going ransom with that he's ransom with that mate I thought he was going to say shooting Bruce Willis <laughs> he did shoot Bruce Willis in six cents did he oh is that him yeah or he got oh. his head crushed by ice in uh, the Saw movies Everyone's got a death note. <laughs> well, in his words, he wanted to die two movies before and they just kept him alive. <laughs> Band of Brothers was huge. I, I loved it. It was very sobering as well. It was yeah. like, and that's the thing about a lot of these TV shows as well. When I was thinking about top five, only one of them is really like an uplifting show. Yeah. It's amazing how so many of these, it's actually the drama, it's the it's the horror in some cases. Band of Brothers isn't an easy watch. It's because it's inspired by so much like real life events. Yeah. And it's also, uh, it starts with uh, real life veterans of D Company mm. talking to you and they never show you your name so you never know who's going to survive. Yeah. I thought it was a really well put together TV show. I think a standout moment is when they come across the camp. Yeah. That is just so heartbreaking. Yeah. Because yeah. the war ends at like, there's 10 episodes. I'm sure the war's over by like the seventh episode. And the rest of it is dealing with the aftermath. And they're the hardest to watch because people are still dying, mm. but there's no war. And it's fucking horrible. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to revisit it because it, it's been an anniversary of that show this week. I think like, what is it? 20 years or, or whatever it is yeah, since that came been. out. So. I, own it, I own it on Blu-ray and I bought it for my dad. And then I bought the book about it. And the book's fantastic. I think I've got Blu-ray as well. Yeah. Um, did you watch Justified? No, I've heard great things about it. Yeah. I've got a friend... We've got a mutual friend, Kareem, who just well, loves this show. I think yeah. this is like number one. Walter Goggins, Timothy Oliphant again. Um, but yeah, I, I've always wanted to get into it, but I haven't done it. But I thought I'd just put it on the list, just see if you have. I saw, I saw a poster of it once. Like, I can't tell what time time it's in. And that's always freaked me out. <laughs> what? A, yeah, actually, that was the same. Like, when <laughs> I was watching it, I, I don't know if I just thought of Deadwood because yeah. it's Oliphant and he's got a cowboy hat. He's got a cowboy hat and he rides a horse. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know when it's set. <laughs> What was um, what was that, what was that Tim Roth TV series that came out? Not Tin long Star. Back? Tin Star. I heard great things about that, but then I heard the worst things about it. That was the most polarizing TV show I think I've heard of in a while. But I heard it was like, oh my God, it's brilliant. It should. It, I remember this. I remember the direct quote from someone I knew. He said, "Oh, if they did Oscars for TV, we win it." I remember thinking they oh, do. It's not that. It was like they do Emmy. <laughs> they it's, do. It's not that good. I mean, I, I watched it because that was a big it, cinema. That there was a big push on that, wasn't there? There's like a big, um targeted campaign for like six months at the cinema. Every time you went to cinema, fucking saw the Tin Star advert with Tim Roth filling up his car at a petrol station and it looked like some wasteland where you don't trust anyone and then a guy with a mask appears and shoots into the car and it ends and it's like Tin Star and you're like, oh my God, what's that about? And then you realise it's 
it's really fucking weird. He's like this alcoholic cop in town, mm. but it's not like dystopian or, or wastelandy. It's just, a shit it's just fucking normal. And it's just, it's just rubbish. But then they're still making it. Like I watched it. I saw an advert the other day and it was like Tin Star, Liverpool. And I'm I like, th- how the hell are we in Liverpool now? I saw that as well. I thought I must have huffed glue. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. I like Sons of Anarchy up to a point. I, I think, didn't like it. I think... I th- it, I'm sure there's a scene where they go to a different country. Yeah, it's I, season three's I, island. And then I just, I was done then. I was I, done. I was like, there, there's a, as an audience member, I can suspend my disbelief. I, I didn't care by that stage. I still liked, I do what I'm different to you. I quite liked a lot of it, but it's not the great in anything. Yeah. And you can tell, for me, Sons of Anarchy will always be the little brother to the shield and the shield is just better. And that's not me slagging Sons of Anarchy off. When I'm watching Sons of Anarchy, I just want the shield. The Shield famously not making my top five. <laughs> I, I watched, I think, three seasons of Sons of Anarchy and it, at times it was entertainment, uh, entertaining. At times it was graphic and violent and unnecessary. But all the way through, I just could not attach myself to Charlie Hunnam yeah. and Ron Perlman acting like bikers. And I, I, this breaks my heart because I know a lot of people love this show. and But I think those that are actually in motorcycle gangs don't like the show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And... There's a lot of people, I don't know whether it was just my social circle at the time, a lot of people got a bit too round up in it. Yeah, I think I saw a few people like that, they got really into it. And it just really put me <laughs> off it, because they, yeah, I don't know, I just didn't really get into it. Yeah, there's a lot I, of cults. I tried. There's a bit of culty, wasn't it? I would say there was a cult that formed after that TV show. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Love inside jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to the cult episode. So culty. <laughs> That's exactly what a cult would say. Um, yeah, so Sons of Anarchy, no. What about... <gasps> So sometimes when violence is too violent for me, it turns me off a TV show. There's yeah. a big one that's coming up that at the moment, which was a violent show until it got really violent. And then I was like, I've had enough of this. But there is a violent show that for some reason gets through all of that. And that is The Boys. Mate, I love The Boys. I think it's because it's so over the top. Yeah. I love The Boys. I think The Boys is fantastic. Do you know what? Because I imagine I could have written it. <laughs> it's so accessible. It's brilliant. It's over the top. It's funny. It's genuinely funny. It, it, it tells a good story. It has and got a good story, it's got, yeah. And I think that's I think that's lost on a lot of people, actually. Oh, I love a good story, and I think it's brilliant. Characters are engaging. And I'm going to say it again, mate. I'm going to stick up for it. You know how normally I'll say I love the secondary characters? Oh, mate, it's it's all about your big main character, uh, Carl Owen. He's fucking next level. And then I've always I've forgotten the actor's name. The guy who plays Homelander. Brilliant dickhead. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. It was uh, Ian Banshee as well. I'll tell you a word for it. I think he was. No, I just think, you know what? It's, it's an accumulation of a lot of cool things. And then I really like this, Simon Pegg. So the character, the main character was based on Simon Pegg. So they got Simon Pegg, who's a bit older now, to play the dad of the character. I love shit like that, mate. Yeah. It shows like a love. I think you can tell it shows a lot of respect. But I also like, I also believe if we had, if we lived in a world where we coexist with superheroes, there would be narcissistic. Yes. Megalomaniacs. He would. There's no way around it. There's a fantastic scene when uh, Starlight first gets introduced and they're not talking about crime, they're talking about their image rights. And mm. I think that's exactly what they do. I like that as well, as well. The, the politics behind it, where like Baltimore comes, like the mayor of Baltimore, and he's like, yeah, we need a superhero, someone that's going to bring tourism and, and yeah. stuff like that. And it, and it showed this like business behind it, this corporate business behind it. The the biggest character, the, the most believable character, the most, and I say relatable, but not as an audience member, as the times we live in, is is the Deep, especially in the latest series. After you find out what he's done and he believes things, but he's got like a corporation deal with Ocean World and he's, he believes in freeing animals. It's just because he's so like corrupted by that, he, he's, he doesn't even know who he is. I think mm. that's I think that's realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I'm certainly looking forward to um, the, the next series of The Boys. We are having to rattle through because yeah. there's so many. I'm sorry, Matt. 
No, 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 it's not you. It's, I'm saying this out loud to me. Because <laughs> the next one's a big one as well, and that's Lost. <clears throat> I, I didn't get Lost. I'd like parts of Lost, but mm. to be honest, mate, I really know when the creators came out and said, we know exactly where we're going with this. And do you know what? They fucking did. That was a lie, yeah. The lowest point was when they did an entire episode devoted to Jack's tattoos. You were, that's how lost you were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lost defender. I, th- I think I enjoy lost, particularly the first four seasons. Yeah. I think the first four seasons just hooked my imagination at that age. I think I was like 15, 16 when that, first, that came out. I think I'd liked it up to about season three, but then they got 24 disease and yeah. started whittling characters off. Well, Channel 4 did this big campaign at the time. Um, that I really kind of got behind and and it was, you know, all these characters and it was like, we're all lost and this TV show was coming out. It was going to be this big fucking American export. Really, really like hamped up. And I got into it. I got into this idea of an island where all this shit's happening. There's black smoke, there's polar bears, there's uh, the uh, the flight uh, itinerary chart, the, the seating plan, then there's someone on the beach that wasn't on the plane. That was cool. Did you want, that was brilliant. All that, that was stuff, amazing. I was like, this is fucking good. Like JJ Abrams has nailed this. I think the problem was after series two, every revelation just, just it never answered enough questions for me. And in the end I, I gave too much and it, it gave little back. It did that. It did go down that route. And there's a TV series as well by the makers of 24. I forgot outcast. Mm-hmm. That did that by season three. You're like, we, I need some answers you now. Need to give us yeah, and, and I think at that got shit canned. But that was another one of them where I really, I was liking it. It was good acting. It, aesthetically, it looked really good. But you've got to give me something. And I'm going to have to try and remember the name of the other TV show that got shit canned at the same time as Lost. I know one that was later, which which I really got into, but it, I think it got shit canned actually at its like six episodes. It was Alcatraz. I was really looking forward Alcatraz to seeing that. Alcatraz was JJ Abrams, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah but, but we didn't even get that far. Yeah. We yeah. genuinely didn't even get that far. We didn't even get to the situation where we wanted to know answers. They what just was, got no, rid of it. What was the one with... Uh, and it, it was about a small town, like looked like Florida or like swamp-like kind of place. There's a load of water. And these like aliens were just oh, very shit. quietly do, taking over. No, I do know which one. I mean, it ended on a cliffhanger because it had your man that... For the start of... Um, for the start of Dark Knight. Dark Knight, the yes. guy with the shotgun. William Fincher. Yes, that's yes. it. I, I can't remember what it is, but I do remember... That got shit-canned when Lost was on and the two were like yes. together. And then because lo- I remember everyone was outraged because that one left on a cliffhanger. Was like, everyone wants to know what happened. They're yeah. like, well, fuck you. You're never going to find out. That is the same as that cast to me of like TV shows where I was like, well, it was good, but I need something. And that show didn't give you enough and people were just confused. And But Lost to me, I really liked it up until a point. And I did stick with it and I did get disappointed, but I never judge a TV series by its finale. I think it's worth a rewatch. See how it ages. I, I, re- I, like, I did rewatch it. I, I watched it when it came out and then I rewatched it maybe six years ago and binged it. And it what I, re- I did really enjoy it. There's a lot of good actors. Matthew Fox is really good in it. Yeah. And the writers really like kind of put a lot of effort into him at the beginning and make him like the silent hero, the guy that steps up when yeah, this, you know ha- the, someone has to. And he had great banter with the character of Locke. It was, it was literally, it was science versus belief. And yeah. it was fantastic. But again, sprinkled with some great characters of Jin and Son. Yeah. Their, their relationship was more interesting to me than any of the bullshit was happening on the island. I was like, oh my gosh, you can speak English. Like that reveal, I was like, that genuinely shocked me. Mm. I thought it was really cool. But then Locke, yeah, he went on the plane on a wheelchair. Now he can stand so he don't want to leave the island. Yeah. Ah, there was so much of that first season that I was I th- like, this is cool. I think it's when I went with the others. When, as soon as that happened, I was asked, Don, you done mistake. And when the others didn't turn out to have any answers, there was something else and there was something else. Oh, mate, he gave some great, Mr. Echo, fantastic. But a lot of the characters didn't want to come back. Yeah. So that's a shame. So, uh, Lost didn't make mine. No. What, a TV show I didn't watch, but I thought would be in your top five, and I don't think it is, is House. 
It isn't, but it's on one of those that just do the, Let's do the medical dramas right now. Okay. So House, ER, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, what is the Good Doctor. Yeah, Chicago MD. Amsterdam, whatever that was, Mr. Amsterdam, whatever that show is. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah. Um, we, house, love it. we love a hospital, apparently. We do love a hospital. Casualty, mate. The Great British one. OBC. OBC. Um, house, to me, is... I'm talking about my favourites. House is up there. I just had five that were better. I think Hugh Laurie is a fantastic. He came over there. The famous thing about him was um, he did his audition tape and I got, and he was told, this is what we're looking for, a great example of an American actor. Hilariously funny because obviously he wasn't. He was filming the Phoenix film. Oh, yeah. The plane. Yeah. And he did it at Portloo, uh, Port Cabin. I think that's fantastic. He's brilliant. It's about, it's a Sherlock Holmes drama based in the world of medical. So instead of crimes, he tries to work out what's wrong with someone. The main principle of House, though, is his relationship with Wilson. Everything else is redundant. You, they have, uh, James Wilson and House have some of the greatest banter back and forth ever. That, to me, is what's worth watching. And it's the consistent throughout. However, suffers from Americanisms. Is it eight, nine seasons? The last two are not very good. Yeah, like, they're long. really bad, yeah. But, but up until, and it did a really crazy thing in uh, series three, it changed its main, it got rid of like the three doctors and replaced them with new characters. And it was quite daring because the, the show was incredibly popular at the time. And it, was, it took a risk. And you know what? It worked out because it gave me 13 and I love Olivia Watt. I was going to say, is that the show of Olivia Yeah, Wilde, it, it is. <laughs> Talking about a show that you can't judge it by its ending, Dexter. You can't, otherwise you'd hate it. But that's really weird because I really loved the first season of Dexter. I really liked the second season of Dexter. Thought the third season of Dexter was awful. However, the fourth season of Dexter is one of the best series of all time. Mm. And that's the, obviously the famous one with Trinity Killer. But the problem was it peaked and it could never get back up to that height. It didn't, but it did try. And I think I think certainly there were two seasons after four that yeah. were still good. Um, the, I, I, I tried watching Dexter when it first came out and I couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into like the Miami vibe, the, the you know, the kind of mismatch of characters that you're supposed to follow through this, the you know, the, the inner narrative and monologue of Dexter himself. And and so I didn't get it. I went and revisited it probably three years ago and just watched all eight seasons back to back. Mm. Like it was the only thing I was watching on telly at that time. It, it's one of those things where I actually think it's better than the books. I've, oh, the books are terrible. The, I've but I like the first, the first book. No, but, that, I thought it was terrible. That Darkly Dreaming Dexter. I've yeah. read that and I've read the second one. It's, um, they are pretty bad. It's terrible. The they Jeff are, Lindsay books. Yeah, I think they're pretty bad. I, I, that, I was shocked when I read that book thinking this got picked up into a TV show. The TV series generally did pretty good with yeah. the licensed material, I found. Although, also spoilers, spoilers. I did think it was funny at the first season where it was like, halfway through, it's like, introduce this character. He's a prosthetics doctor. <laughs> no way, he's the bad guy. <laughs> like, And it was really, like... It was really obvious, yeah. yeah. And that guy, that guy did the same thing, that same actor, I really should know his name, in a TV series called The Tunnel, which is the British-French version of yeah. the Danish bridge. Yeah, the, the bridge. Which has since been made, I think, with an American-Canadian. And Canadian, yeah. It's called, like, The Other Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the same in that, in series one of The Tunnel, which I loved, and it nearly made my top five. I really loved that show. I don't, I can't tell you why. I just, It was just one of them shows I really liked. And, like, he appears in, like, episode six of the first season, and you're like, well, he's definitely not the killer then. Because <laughs> like, why are you introducing this? Because he's, he's that guy that people know the face of. Yeah. But probably don't know his name. Yeah. He's just that, he's just that famous <laughs> enough for you to go, hey, hold on, who's this guy? Um, but yeah, Dexter, fucking brilliant. Great Michael C. Hall performance. He's very good. Do you know what? He, he expertly pulls off non, yeah. non-caring psychopath, but then he does a very good job of making us care. 
Is it Jennifer Carpenter as well in that? Jennifer Carpenter, I believe, is the sister plays Depp. Yeah. So that, and she, it's got uh, Julie Benz as a... Uh, underrated as well as the suffering like girlfriend of Dexter. Like yeah. her camouflage. I think that's brilliant. The, the kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going out with this girl, uh, this woman who's got two kids, purely as... So people won't question me. Yeah, I'm people just will saying, think I'm normal. F- that's fucking brutal. Is. It did have a dark undertone, but it then... And it was very graphic in, at times, but then it had the, the contrast of vibrant, colourful, you yeah. know, Miami, you know. I'll tell you what, it did make Miami look like a shithole though. I'll never want to go because apparently everyone gets murdered. Yeah. It's, it's sweaty. I didn't want to go after so watching Scarface, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, was, I was that. like, fucking bathrooms and chainsaws, I'm done. <laughs> okay, I see that. Surprise, motherfucker. The hell was it that, that vine when yeah, that came out? Some rise, motherfucker. Some prize, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, that's on your list, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, Buffy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal. I like Hannibal. I don't understand why. Right, so we live in a world where someone picked up like Jackass 3, but no one wanted to do Hannibal Series 4. Well, they, no, it fell between your licensing, didn't it? Oh, did it? it yeah, it was an issue. They, they had intended to do... It's Brian Fuller, wasn't it? We talked about this in the... It does end with Hannibal Clarice. Exit. It does end with Clarice appearing. When it ends with him going off the cliff, and it was scheduled, I think, for five seasons. They did have the plan. The whole cast want to carry on. Hugh Dancy, Mads Mikkelsen, even Lawrence Fishburne. Can we just say, though, that Mads Mikkelsen is the ultimate choice to play Hannibal Lecter? On the small screen, on the small definitely. Screen, I just thought, you know, who's going to do it? And then when you found out it was going to be Mads Mikkelsen, you got to admit, you were like, oh, that'll be fucking awesome. Yeah, and the set production design on this and the, the costumes, it was a feast for the eyes. Oh, and not just the eyes. Ooh. I thought Hannibal. I like great, Hannibal. I think it's greatly over, underrated as well. It's also it's difficult. This, oh, sorry. No, it's also, it's, it's also weird and difficult when you root for the villain, especially when he eats people. Yeah. Because in Hannibal as well, I found that it divul- it diverged, sorry, from him sometimes only eating and killing the ones he finds insufferable. Yeah. And actually in Hannibal, he was just, I, I think the Mickelson TV series did make him out to be more of just a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And and he, they really made him out to be more cat and mouse. Like he li- he enjoyed the torture in some ways. He liked the psychological. Yeah. Um, particularly with um, Graham, the huge uh, yeah, no, Darcy no. character. You know, the, the, you got the impression that he really was enjoying the psychological torment he was creating. I think, right, you know what, mate? I don't want <laughs> to be that guy, but I quite prefer that. No, that's what I mean. So that's why I like Mickelson in, oh, in that sorry. role. Um, you know, and I liked it. I liked it also as a standalone interpretation. Yeah. Like, like when I watched Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I don't think where that fits in the DCEU. I it's think it a- is a standalone movie. And, and Hannibal to me was that. I, I didn't. I didn't see it as anything that would impinge or affect my the, love for the films. The tensest I've ever felt watching a TV series was the moment where he kind of is working out um, with Gillian Anson. That tense scene where Gillian Anson knows, he knows she knows, is he going to kill her? Mm. That was, I was just like, not Gillian Anson. <laughs> not Gillian Anderson. Although, probably yeah. tastes for it pretty good, Gillian yeah, Anson. Yeah, I mentioned so, yeah. Um... <laughs> In terms of a TV series that uh, just was from start to finish, brilliant. Yep. And, and I'm not just talking brilliant. I'm talking like top, top drawer. Yep. Chernobyl. It was on my, it was going to be on my top five. I thought what a fantastic performance by everyone involved. Not my top five, but can't fault it. You can't fault it. That's I, the problem. Do you know what? The, the problem is no follow up, mate. <laughs> no. Joke side. What a great, great fantastic show which was just perfect for what it was what was it four episodes I know it was six I think oh was it six yeah. it didn't feel like six it was fantastic from start to finish it was it was superb 
Yeah, and it was <clears throat> it was an eye opener. It was educational. It was well acted, um, heartbreaking. It was everything. And it, do you know what? It boiled down to maybe the least actiony episodes, and it boiled down to a courtroom. Oh, it was and cool. then what they did was you'd watch all this. You'd invested all this time into this TV series, and then it explained how the the reactor went down in that last episode in a way that you can just really understand and made it real simple. Something that you think any normal TV show would have shown you that on yeah. episode one, you know, so you can kind of understand it. But it's just at the end, it all kind of clicked and it all fell into place. And I just thought it was brilliant. I actually can't fault any single part of that. I can't. I, did, I, did, I was never bored. I, I don't think anyone dropped the ball in that, was, any actor. I think it was brilliant. It was fantastic. You should watch it. I believe it's on Sky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch yeah, it. Chernobyl is is outstanding, and also that imagery, that picture, you know, of the guy in the hazmat suit, like the cover, yeah, of um, you know, that series, it's it just iconic. Yeah. It, it was so good. I, I, God, it just brushed me top five. It did brush my top five. Stop talking because you want to push something out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna get that looked at? <laughs> Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things. I think it was worked to my benefit that I watched it all in one go. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, Because I know some people had a bit of a disconnect between seasons two and three when they went to the mall. However, because I watched it, I loved the little participation of the 80s. I, I like Stranger Things. I don't think it's great though. The way some people talk about it, it's great. The, the horror of the first one, I don't think, the horror of the first series was never matched. You know, the missing kids sending the messages. Mm. I think it, for horror, it peaked in season one. But I still quite like seasons two and three. Yeah, season one was undeniably the best one. I think the, the later series where Eleven goes off and has her own side quests and stuff is a bit, you want to see them as a group. And it, it's one of the TV shows, isn't it, where they kind of only really form at the ends. But yeah. I do like how the roles are reversed in some of them cases. You know, that certainly the bully of the first season, you know, certainly now is like the one of the leading the pack kind of in, in it. Um, I mean, every character's really well thought out and well fleshed out. I like all the cast. No one really annoys me in it. I think they're all really, really good. She's good for child actors. Yeah, it's great. And and I, God, you can't knock it's it's retro nostalgic, you know, tug on the heartstrings. It just yeah. captures that time brilliantly. And and I love so much about it. It's a Stephen King novel, as as you know, as as close to Stephen King as you get with within copyright. Yeah, <laughs> it's just brilliant. You know, I love the whole things like the high school. And then talking to each other after, you know, with walkie-talkies and stuff like that and playing Dungeons and Dragons in basements. And there's a science laboratory just on the outskirts of town. Oh, you know, and there's a sheriff. Yeah, there's a sheriff that's, you know, like knows everyone and, you know, he's a bit rough, you know, rough-cut diamond kind of character. I really liked it. I thought I love Stranger Things. I cannot wait for the next season to come out. Soon? Uh, yeah, they've had to reshoot, I think, I read the oh. other day. They're reshooting some scenes. No, um, towards the end of it but yeah I, mean, I, I loved it I'm forward by the time this episode comes out a new series of sex education will be out right? and I'll be all over that wow. I really like sex education I don't know if it's on your list but mm. very good very good Netflix original as well Gillian Anderson Gillian Anderson <laughs> just put that there what happened to Gillian Anderson Anderson just <laughs> leave me alone uh, Strange Things Westworld I really liked season one of Westworld and then it jumped off a massive cliff and I, I'll be honest, I've lost all interest in it. Same. It, it walking dead it at me. It, it got me to a certain point and then I was just like, nah. I, do you know what? I can't even pinpoint what it was. I was just like, nah, I'm done. There were two outstanding moments in season one. Yeah. Utterly outstanding moments of just the best. Great writing, great performances. Yeah. But... One, one of them I guessed, so I, spoilers, 
I, I twigged on early that I thought I was watching two timelines. Yeah. And when I started thinking that, I couldn't not think it. And every episode- That's true, I you did, because I was, I was with you. Yeah. Because you convinced me to think that I as kept well. talking about it like it was a conspiracy theory. And then when that played out to be the case, I was, I, was, I was gutted that I got it. And I don't know what it was. But what I didn't get, and this is the best thing, was the Jeffrey Wright see, twist. I, see, that's what I got, and I didn't get the time stream. Which is the obvious one, because of course someone's going to be a fucking robot. Yeah. So like- I love the fact you got a complicated one. I know. <laughs> but it's the way, but the thing is, it wasn't just like in a movie where like Jeffrey Wright would, um, you know, like bang his hand on the door and there'll be like a little bit of electronics or something like that. You know, it's the way that he says something like, oh, you know, the, the, the robots already planned to see what we allow him to see. And and um, and then she goes, oh, what's through that door? And he goes, what door? Mm. And then it's like, so the reveal is that and you see her then think, fuck, he doesn't see the door because he's not. And it was just such a good reveal of that character because you, you knew someone was a robot at some point, like Anthony Hopkins' character, someone, you know, was going to be. There's this absolutely awesome bit that implies the other worlds. You know, there's going to be like a samurai world. We, we've got the Wild West world, but there, there could be so many other worlds. It promised so much, but I don't know what it was. That second season, I just couldn't get into it at all. I couldn't. I think too much time went between one and two. And Possibly. now like Aaron Paul's in it. And oh, is it? Yeah. Is it still going? Aaron Paul's in like the first oh. series, I think. No, I, I didn't even know. I, I'll be honest. I assumed everyone was with me just watching it. Yeah, I, I, I think I am going to pick it back up, but I'm going to watch season one again mm. and then go in. But that for like 10 episodes, that felt long. The first season. He did. It yeah. felt like a long time to get to. Yeah. But I love that as well. Like in a TV show, a film, the quest, the getting to the center of the maze, you know, storyline. Yeah. And I fucking love it when a film or a TV show is brave enough to show you what's at the center. I hate it when they get there and the reveal is, or or they don't show you the reveal or, you yeah. know, that, I remember that. There's a don't series. Tea so much, mate. Yeah. There's a, there's a series of books. Stephen King, his, his, his version of Lord of the Rings called The Dark Tower. Yeah. And I remember reading them and all the way through, I was like, we best fucking find out what's at this Dark Tower. Because if not, I'm going to be pissed off. Seven books and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm a bit pissed off with you. Oh, mate, no, at the end, <laughs> in the last chapter, there's a there's an insert from Stephen King and he's like, basically when they get to the foot of the tower and he's like, um, stop, read. stop reading now. <laughs> he's like, because you won't, like, what's behind this? And he's like, but if you do, well, I warned you. <laughs> I fucking wish I didn't read that next chapter. <laughs> I oh. think I think you had to though, didn't you? Yeah, of course you, <laughs> you have, have to. to. He's a little dick because then he could say, "I told you not to." Why do you fucking write it then? Get out of Jeffrey Card, isn't it? Is yeah, he one asshole. Westworld though, season one, brilliant. I think that's in. I know that's in your top five. So I'm gonna no, it's that. not. I took it. Oh, out, it's not. Didn't I? Arrested Development. Arrested Development is a absolutely great show. Uh, obviously, very quickly because I know we time constraints. Mate. We're doing good. Arrested Development, though, is one of the funniest shows of all time. Mm. The first three series, when it was on Fox, was brilliant. It's a universal success. It was noted, did you know? It was um, classed as a... Uh, the writer said that they wrote it for a British comedy, but marketed it to an Americans, and that's why it failed. As an English person, I think it's an absolutely hilarious one. You've got a great ensemble cast. The great peerless Jessica Waters standout. Uh, Tony Hale is my favourite character. Or actually, then it might be Joe, played by Will Artner. You've got a lot of Portia Del Rossi. Jason Bateman, uh, Jer uh, Jeffrey Tambor. You've got a lot of people on their top, on their top. basically. It was a phenomenal experience to watch. It was next level. It's hilariously funny. However, when it got cancelled, Netflix brought it back to life. Don't watch it. It ends after three series. Trust me. <laughs> and that's, that's a sad thing to say, but each episode is 25 minutes long. It's a nice little slice of life, mate. It's so funny. Every episode's hilarious. He's laugh out loud, funny. It's so funny. I don't, more people should be... This is the thing, isn't it, with TV shows is... 
you know, when people go, oh, it's really funny. And I, my always question is, yeah, but do you, did you laugh out loud with it? Yeah. Arrested Development is laugh out loud funny. I think in one of the earlier seasons, one of the funniest moments is when Joe defiantly has to throw a letter into the ocean and he's thrown it, but he keeps spindling back to him in what is not well-written, mm. not well-performed. He literally is throwing, in a, throwing a letter into the ocean and it won't go in the ocean. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then there's a really secure, uh, really weird humour. David Cross plays Portia Del Rossi's uh, husband in it, and he wants to join the Blue Man group. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, I blew myself. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's childish, but at the same time, really well-written as well. It's fantastic for three seasons. Take 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 away character in it or actor. Yeah, it, for me, Tony Hale is Buster Bluth because he was fantastic. Of then again, but Will Arnett as as Job Bluth as well. Will Arnett's mine. Will Arnett, yeah, Job is a next level treasure. But because you've gone then, because you've gone Job, I'm going to go Buster Bluth played by Tony Hale, and you can't forget Jessica Wiles who played the exact same character in the Archer, like the overbearing mom. I've, I'm figuring out a female. This episode is we should just fucking gun it and go for this now. Yeah. So on a Patrick, you know, sorry, Jay, uh, what's his name? Peyton Bateman. Um, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Uh, tangent for very short. The Outsider, the Stephen King series. Did you watch that? I didn't. Fucking good. Yeah? Yeah, I think he directed a few of the episodes, produced it, and he's in a couple of the episodes. Oh, right. Very, very good TV series. Goes a bit Stephen King towards the end. Oh, he's got one of them. Yeah. Well, everyone's, Stephen got, King. everyone's got Stephen King. <laughs> but it falls into a, it's created like a mini Stephen King world because there are crossovers of characters oh, in that. You have told me about from, like, that. like the Mr. Yeah. Mercedes series and stuff like that. Um, uh, Cynthia Enzo's in it as well. Really good casting. Really well acted. Um, Ozark. I have seen parts of Ozark. I've just finished season one before I stopped to do The Handmaid's Tale. And fucking hell, that is good. That is very good. Laura Lindley as well, isn't it? Very tense. That's very... It's too tense. It's, what, it's not it what is I, too tense, It's actually. not what I thought it was going to be. I was like, I was like, Laura Lindley and Jason Bateman, I was expecting to laugh at least a few times, not worry for my life. Yeah, it's dark, man. It's dark. So dark. Uh, where are we also on this list? Arrested Development Gun. Fargo. I love Fargo. Fargo's fantastic. I just want to make... I could splooge over Fargo. Which season's your favourite? I might I love season three but I also love season one season three is Ewan McGregor one Ewan McGregor but I think Martin Freeman season one with against um, I think he's Billy Bob Thornton Billy Bob Thornton in that that helicopter scene in that elevator scene I was like why Yeah. and then what streams off the next two episodes I even love the dad in it who plays the serial killer hunter in Dexter season two Frank Lundy he's in it so he plays Mm. the dad doesn't he he's like Bob Odenkirk oh yeah and I love Bob Odenkirk yes yeah, I think I think season one to me, Martin Freeman is is great in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> just everything that is. And do you know what? I absolutely love that. It's just Fargo. It's just like from the guy of the TV, uh, of the movie as well. I love mm. Fargo. Fargo is brilliant. Bit of before and he's epic in it as well. He is. I think one of the first performance I've ever really liked. That moment when the muscle man goes around his his hotel room. It's in like episode two, and basically he's telling him to get out of town, and he doesn't even say anything. He just goes and fucking. <laughs> Sits on the shit, just pulls his trousers down, and just starts taking a dump. And the hitman doesn't know what to do. He's just like, um, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's just like staring at him. I, I watched an interview with Billy Bob Thornton, and he asked the wardrobe and, and costumes and everyone to give him a schoolboy haircut. Yes, they, I did they, read yeah, that as well. They, they said, Give me like a bowl, like middle part. In he said, Because I want people to look at me and think, I, I can't take you seriously, and my performance will be absolutely sinister. Yes. Um, Bill before was a fascinating fucking bloke fascinating yeah. bloke I love Fargo mate. do you know what in, in hindsight maybe that should have made the top five Firefly I love Firefly however it can't be there because it's a very good series it's only based on one do you know what part of me thinks that Firefly the only reason it's so successful and everyone loves it so much is because it didn't have time to get shit because mm. people saw 
12 episodes that were very good. It was a great idea, but at the same time, you, maybe maybe it was fine as one TV series and one movie. Maybe you got enough. Maybe that was enough. Yeah, because it, it suffers from, if you'd seen more, maybe it would have spoiled the soup. Has what the fuck, man, what was that? Has good repeat watchability, repeat it, viewing? It does, but you have only got 12 episodes. I will watch it once every two years, maybe. That's still good, though, because you wouldn't still do that good. with some other shows. But I really do like it. I think the, mm. the writing's tasty, but it's only one series. And do you know what? The film does a pretty good job of, like, ending it. Big one, then. Game of Thrones. I really like Game of Thrones. I really like the book. Um, you can tell when people started saying it got weaker, though, I still thought it was pretty good. I mean, I know people slate the ending off, but ultimately, to me, right, I don't mind how it ended. I minded how the characters got there. Mm. So I don't mind who sits on the Iron Throne because to me that made sense. What irritates me is decided like 30 seconds at the end. There was no lead up to it. But everyone forgets, mate, that earlier series, there was actual genuine concern that series wouldn't survive the killing of Sean Bean. I was like, of course it will. It's like Sean Bean <laughs> dies and things. But if you think about that, season two has no big names in it and it still carries on. It's fantastic. Everyone forgets the, the, the middle era, the golden era of Game of Thrones and it was spectacular. Yeah, I think season six was the... Season Stop. six was like when all your favourite people get together and go on a little side quest. But I liked that. I, mean, I fucking remember, loved it, One man. of my favourite YouTube clips was when someone knocked together... Well, one thing, the only thing I've ever posted on you, on Facebook was the, uh, the Hound and my favourite character, a Torment, playing guitar. And mm. I loved that. But then they do an episode where they're, they're essentially the A-team. Mm. And someone did and they... Someone walked up there, if you can find them. That was brilliant. I loved that episode. I thought it was fantastic. It made no sense. Mm. I couldn't give a toss, mate. It's got dragons in it. Couldn't care. And that, that episode as well, I, uh, that, sorry, that YouTube clip is, I believe they're playing uh, Tom Waits's I Hope I Don't Fall In Love With You. Oh, mate. Which is one of my favourite songs. So mm, that is yeah. a, um, yeah, I, I, I love the whole thing. I got swept up in it way late, but I joined the party just for the ending. I and also, there's a lot of, by the end also, that, you know, like at the beginning, you get a lot of stuff that's like, you know, I think fantasy readers and that kind of love, you know, and, you know, like these kind of ancestral storylines of people that are on the throne and brothers and the air and, you know, true bloods and all this kind of stuff. And you get a healthy dosing of magic and trolls and all that shit. Yeah. And then by the end, Hollywood did take over. You got a fucking ice dragon. Yeah. But I didn't mind it I because mind at the it. end of the day, go balls deep, like go well, for it. I remember a lot of complaints, especially what was it? I didn't like the fact that the final series, there was two episodes building up to the longest night. I didn't get that. It was just teasing it. It was like, it was coming. And then it didn't come. I was like, I wanted it. But everyone complained that you couldn't see anything. It was like, well, that's the fucking point. It's scary because um, I remember a shot of them. You can't see the army, but you can hear them. Mm. And they're running that. And I was like, but, but that's scary because you don't know where they are. People like, I can't see anything. I was like, well, that's the fucking point, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that 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 episode, that hour and a half episode, was shot over three styles, wasn't it? It was horror, action, and suspense. Yeah. So I think it worked. To be honest, I quite liked yeah. it. I thought it was fine. I, I liked it all. Like I said, the ending, okay, whatever. whatever but how the hell were you going to wrap it all up? And again, but to me, it makes sense that Daenerys goes that way. It made it, sense. We foreshadowed it the whole fucking yeah. the whole thing. So when people were like, oh, there's no what should happen, I was like, no, it's fine. The only thing I the only thing I disagree with at the time was I was like, well, well, that John's like revelation went nowhere, did it? Because I've read that from the books, and I was always a believer that I read that in like the second book was like that happens. And then when it was confirmed, and I was so over the moon, then nothing happened. But you know, what? ultimately he's freer because he goes to the wall, and Tormund's there, and he goes, he becomes a wildling. And do you know what? I think that's the better story in hindsight. Yes, mm. fine. I'm, I will rewatch it one day. I will as well. Do you know what? There's probably an episode in there. <sighs> Another big one, man. Walking Dead. Um, I think it had some of the best villains. Do you know what? I was so looking forward to seeing um, 
former friend of the podcast, when we bought books for it, he got really excited reading these books. Um, and he, used to, he started telling me and reading some of the comics about um, The Governor. Mm. And I was so excited. And then when I found out the casting choice, I was like, that's brilliant. It was Morrissey, wasn't it? It was And I was like, that would be cool. And he was in it and he was cool. And then I remember after that series and then I was just all shit. I was done. I was, I was completely done. I got as far as Negan. I didn't, I, I wanted to get back into Negan, but I, too much time had gone. And then when I saw the list of characters that had been killed, they 24'd him, man. It just killed everyone. So I was like, nah, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done. When the Negan thing happened with the, with like the who's he killed kind of thing, which is really weird, isn't it? They, but everyone's like. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mind that because I like a good cliffhanger. Yeah, when, yeah, I, I like I don't that. I understand why people were moaning about it. I was like, but but that's a good thing. It, it, was, no, it was the episode after that when it came well, back. He, he killed two. <laughs> yeah, but, but I remember watching that episode in, I was in Scotland and it was, I was having like a really good weekend and I remember watching that and thinking, fucking hell, like it's a bit much in it. It is, you know, and this is from a TV series where like people get ripped apart left, right and center and eaten alive and all that shit. And just watching some dude get like his head caved in front of his pregnant wife. I was like, life's too short, man. I do you know what I was done way before that. It's one of those things that he just petered out and she was like, I think everyone petered mm-hmm. out. Fucking even Andrew Lincoln petered out. <laughs> even he was like, now nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm sure I just see, I just see an interview with him the other day and he was like, he goes, it's the biggest decision ever, like leaving the biggest show in the world and you're the lead. And he's like, he goes, and you think you're going to leave and like all these o- things open. And he says, but the best way to describe it is imagine you're on a party ferry or a boat with the best party in the world and you jump off and then you just watch the boat keep going and they're all still having fun and you're in the water. And I thought, yeah, that's the best way of describing it, Andrew Lincoln. If I was in Andrew Lincoln's shoes, though, I would be thinking now he gets to like wash because they all look, so- they did a very good job of everyone looking fucking filthy and smelly. <laughs> I was just like, I just want to have a shower, mate. Just let, let it go. That's just Norma Reedus on episode one. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking, I turned him into a star though. Yeah. Yeah, well, Blade 2 didn't. Yeah, can't want him more. <laughs> <laughs> Frasier. Love hard, mate. You talk, and everyone forgets this, it's not even the original, it's a spin-off. Mm. A spin-off, obviously, from Cheers. Oh, mate, I love I love uh, Frasier. My my problem with Frasier, and it didn't make my top, um, my top five, is whilst it's one of the most successful and one of the funniest things we've done, and it's not slapstick comedy, and David Hyde Pierce is probably, in that time, it's probably the funniest actor of the world. I think they call it the funny seven minutes, the scene where he's ironing a trousers for a big date and there's a fire in the kitchen and Eddie, and Eddie played by Moose, and then later is, is the best dog actor of all time. Mm. I only cared about the moments with that. I wanted the dog. I just wanted Eddie. Eddie was phenomenal. Yeah. And do you know what? Kelsey Graham hated that dog because he was like, you know, I put in all this Shakespearean acting and, every, and everyone, only people ever talk about Moose the dog and apparently Moose was a bit of an arsehole, but do you know what? Fuck him. He was awesome. It it was a really well-written comedy as well because the, like the, the two brothers, you know, being, it, it's not laughing at them for being pretentious. It's laughing at them because they are the fish out of water in the yeah. real world. And you, you're, they're anchored by their very blue collar dad. It was a very well-written concept. I wrote, I've started with saying the reason it didn't make my top five, then talked about everything I loved about it. The reason was because, it, because it, actually, I don't know. It was quite possible one of the, I think it was one of the best comedies of the 90s. I think it's, it's I, I, I love up. watching it now. Like, yeah. every, I, I remember before I used to, um, you, you know, like go to work or when I had, no, when I had weeks always, off and stuff. Channel 4. Channel 4 in the morning and then followed by like, uh, or no, uh, um, everyone, everyone loves Raymond. Raymond. Oh, everyone, oh, everyone loves Raymond. Everyone hates Chris. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then afterwards, if I'm still going, undercover boss, if, 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 if I wanted to, lazy day, mate. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, ultimately, and stands the test of time. They're bringing it back. Did you watch Mr. Robot? I really liked Mr. Robot. Again, though, he season two did it, mate. Season two started to lose me towards the end. Season one, mate, was a revelation. 
because I think it was a it was Am- one of Amazon's first uh, like primarily owned mm. produced it once. I thought it was fantastic, actually. Do you know what? That first season, mate, was phenomenal. And it had twists that I genuinely didn't see coming. Is that the one with Christian Slater in it? Yeah. Yeah. As well as... Um... Bond villains. <laughs> uh, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> you, you know, know, you know that Oscar, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, famous, that famous one. <laughs> you can't remember either, can you? You bloody know He's played like the prince in the uh, Night in the Museum. <laughs> that was his big role. He's <laughs> the one he won the Oscar for. <laughs> Remy Malik. Remy Malik. Um, I really liked the first series. A- again, it did start to lose me by the end of season two. And it's one of those things I've just never picked up on. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot out there. There's that and Sneaky Pete. I or the two that I keep getting people telling me to watch and I, I haven't done the deep dive yet. Yeah, I think I'd give Sneaky Pete a go. I haven't seen that one there. That's um, Giovanni Rubisi, isn't it? It is. Well done, mate. You get extra points for knowing that. Thank you. You're Thank you. Am I keeping score? Yeah. It's um, one point to nil. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, The Handmaid's Tale, I'm watching at the moment. James, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it. We did an episode last week on 1990, and I failed to mention that there's a film of The Handmaid's Tale from 1990, which I didn't know about. Did you watch it? Nope. <laughs> but I am watching the TV series, and it is bleak. Yeah, still bleak. But it's very well acted. And I would say uh, I would say Elizabeth Moss as Offred or June in that TV show is the most, and I'm on season three, so yeah. I appreciate there's still another series for me to watch, but is the most consistent performance I've seen from episode to episode. Yeah. Does not, there's no um, breaking of that character. There's no dips in and out of that character arc. It's the most consistent performance I think I've seen anywhere yeah. on screen, a uh, big screen, small screen. Like she's, hundred percent believable. Her, like her actions, her reactions are in line with that character she's built up. She doesn't do anything that's like wildly out of character or anything where you'd go, "Oh, that was a bit odd." It's so consistent. She's so consistent in it. It's brilliant. I mate, I do want to watch it, but I, I, I don't. I already feel pretty down at the minute. I'm not yeah, in the best. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've you know me. I've had a lot mm. of change in my life lately. I don't need more. I don't need to feel shit right now. I need positivity. But it's got Ray Fiennes' brother in it. I can't remember his name now. Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes, yeah. And I imagine at Christmas they get together and go, well, "Who was the bigger dick? You know, you and Shinder's list or me and Handmaid's Tale?" I imagine that is the uh, the conversation at at dinner time <laughs> at the Fiennes household. Handmaid's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Orange is the New Black, it, I thought was the catalyst of Netflix going for TV shows. Yes. And uh, do you know what? The early series were very, very good. Oh, no, no, Netflix. You, you four seasoned it, I think. It's when they started producing their season so quick, they didn't have time to look at it. I believe season four, season five came out only like three months after the previous one. It came out too soon. It was, it's a, it's a case, and this happens quite a lot, especially in American TV, is you need time to digest a series, I find. Mm. You need a bit of a gap. And it was like, we want more, we want more. And they kind of oversaturated their own market. And it was, it, I'll be honest, towards the end, I, I would class it as a bit of a train wreck. Got a big cult, cult following this one, though. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. It's well acted. It's got brilliant characters in it. There's, there's no very, my problem with it, it came out so quickly. Mm. And it wasn't for me in the end. It's got a good uh, soundtrack from the opening music from Regina Spector. Yeah, and the I animals. Think, yeah, 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 animals. Yeah, animals. Yeah, animals. Dun, 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 dun. The cages. And it's got that fake '80s drum beat. It's fucking brilliant, mate. Yeah. It's like I need a hero. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'll tell I, you what. <laughs> I I really like that uh, that show. But the, do you know one of the big pops for me? Jason Biggs. 
luckily there was not in it that much. I know, but even <laughs> when he's in it, I'm like, just fuck off and fuck a pie. <laughs> like, he's damaged my eyes, mate. Um, Poor Jason Biggs. I know, he's probably a lovely bloke. Homeland. I love Homeland. You know I love Homeland, mate. I love Homeland even when it was at its shittest. <laughs> yeah, and after what, season three then. Uh, Homeland, Homeland, though, did that amazing thing, which TV series you don't do. Mm. It, it, it went through the shit, but then got better. The, la- the later series of Homeland were actually some of its best. What, what is Mandy... Mandy Patinkin. What an actor. What and an I'm actor. not just saying that from Princess Bride, but... Yeah. Do you know what? I've never seen Princess Bride. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I was talking to a friend uh, the other day, and it turns out I've not seen it. Well, that's an episode then. There you go. Here's uh, the infamous, and prepare to die. Yeah. Name. So it's, it's one of those films that I know, I know all the quotes, mm. but I've never actually seen the film. That, he's, he's amazing. Mm. And like I say, his role with um, Claire Danes gets bigger in the later series. Yeah. And, and, and I've not seen all of it, but, but the season actually got better and went back to the heights of season one. I remember season one, mate, was phenomenal. Yeah, season, season one was fucking tense. And season two did a very good job of carrying that on. Channel four, man. Channel four yeah. again. From the um, original creator of 24. You could tell. Yeah, you can tell. And I quite like the fact that they went more of the CIA kind of realistic route. Mm. And she's brilliant. I mean, Claire yeah. Danes, I can't remember the character's name, but I think she's one of uh, one of the best female protagonists in a TV series because, you know, flawed, but ultimately she, may, she gets shit done. Mm. Like, you do not fuck about with Claire Danes in that. If she says you're a terrorist, it turns out a season later you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and obviously Damien Lewis, I think, is great. Damien Lewis was great. Off the back of still being ginger. <laughs> Bless him. We're going everywhere because we're going now to 40 Towers. I love Forty Towers. Should have been on my list. Absolutely great. Do you want British comedy? Perfect. Done after two seasons. One Did... season, wasn't it? No, I always thought it was two. I thought it was... Uh, how many episodes was it? 12 episodes? I think it was 12. I thought yeah. it was one of six each. Oh, was it? But do you know what, mate? I have a classic episode of The Builders when they build the wrong... Yeah. yeah, I love that episode. I think it was like, I think that might have been my first introduction to kind of like that British comedy. Mm. O'Reilly when he comes and blocks the wrong yes. thing. It's just like... Uh, Manuel on the phone stuff you couldn't do now and it, rightly you couldn't do it but but it does have it does have a place in the there's world there's a sniff of cancel culture around that TV show yeah which which it, but at the same time it's, it's hard to defend but at the same time it was made at a different time and I don't think it's meant to cause offence well, but if, if if Comedy Central has cancelled episode 2 of The American Office which was one of the funniest episodes of TV I don't ever. Even, I don't remember that one. Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you about that one. It's the what? It's the diversity episode. Oh, oh where they have the post-it yes. notes on the foreheads. Yeah. Community, Community is one of the best TV series of all time. Nearly made my list. And they have a scene in it where they do fancy, and one of the characters dressed up as Dark Elf, and they've taken it as um, they've taken it as uh, he was in blackface, and they have removed that episode, despite the fact that episode is mm. actually is about bullying and how you you know how you shouldn't do it. And I think it's a really stupid decision because it takes away from the bigger message. And, and I don't mean to sound horrible, it's the best episode of the yeah. community. So it, it's like I, that I think, the office. Re- it's I think the, it's really stupid. The, the office, that office episode, you're laughing at Michael Scott of how out of touch with reality he is. Yeah. But um, 40 Towers, let's be honest, John Cleese has got it coming and he like, he's old like trying to cancel, cancel culture. Like yeah. the, you're just setting the, you know, that's like red to a bull, mate. It's one of those because I want to be offended, but then again, I'm a white middle-aged man mm. from middle class. So I guess it's not really up for me to say what should and shouldn't be cancelled. But that community thing and the office thing to me have missed the point. That mm. community episode is literally about bullying and how, how it has no place. And community, uh, the office is about ignorance. It's about yeah. his ignorance. It's not about, so I, I feel like a greater message has been lost. Uh, sorry. 
No, no, sorry. Keep track of how many we've spoken to him about. 40 Towers, though, uh, is epic. And yeah, I think I think certain episodes have been dropped. I think the Germans episode normally gets dropped. The Germans is, is seen as the best. Oh, never mind. The 100? No, I've never seen it. But but then, uh, to me, it was too teenagey. What about the 4400? Is that a spin-off? <laughs> Just had more. No, I think they were different shows, weren't they? Oh, no, I've not seen the 1440. 40, 40, no, I've not 40, seen 400. it. 4400? No. There's a whole, and I could be completely wrong in this, but in my mind, there's a whole raft of TV shows that the basic premise is people disappearing and then coming back. Yeah. Whether they be kids or Alcatraz inmates or whether they just be half of the population disappear or 3% of the population. Oh, the disappear. leftovers. I love the leftovers. That one, yeah. yeah. So in my head, there's loads of these that I'm like, I, do, I can't remember them. They're all just merged into one. Leftovers was so brilliant because he did a fantastic job of the court in it just chain smoke. So let's do these next ones quickly because they all fall under the category of... Uh, superheroes I'm going to go with the lesser ones that I know less about first okay. so that is Supergirl Green Arrow Flash Never, I've seen Flash I like Flash series I, one of the Flash mate that last episode I was bawling I was like fucking this is so sad Barry Allen he's got to say goodbye to his mum ah. it just didn't take it after season two I just no. thought this is not good <laughs> I fell out of love with it. I remember the Flash. And that is a big investment, mate. That's like 20 something episodes. I remember the Flash doesn't have like an amazing ending as well, where it turns out one of the characters isn't who you thought it was. Yeah. It's sort of pissed about with like time travel and shit like mate, that. Mate, but let's be honest, it's fucking, it's, it's superhero shit. I never watched Green Arrow. I'm no, just no, because, I've never bothered with it. Supergirl again, I'm not really good. And there's so many crossovers now. That's I my problem. I feel like confused. Left out. Yeah. Because there's a Superman in that universe now, isn't there? Yes, yeah, so yeah. I'm with that. I'm not in that one. What else you got to throw at me, baby? Gotham. Oh, you love Gotham. I, I stopped quite early on, but not for bad reasons. I just, I didn't like the fact that they explained the origins for all these great criminals. I was like, but Batman hasn't been invented yet. And the whole idea of Batman is Batman creates supervillains, but uh, I'm going to stop moaning now. Yeah, well, th- this falls under the same camp as, um, you know, Joker can st- be a standalone to the universe. Yeah, no, I, I didn't that. see this as any threat on the DCEU timeline. I, I just saw it as... I just thought there were better stories. Yeah, and it was nice. To, it, I thought like, there was something a bit of fun about seeing them as like origins, you know, like the Penguin kind of working up the ranks of, before he becomes like the yeah. arms dealer and how there's really weird, the Poison Ivy is really weird in it. She she goes through like three ages, you know, she's like a teeny kid, then she's a teenager and then she's like a fully grown woman in a storyline that's really weird. There's like Scarecrow and how his dad's actually the proper villain. Mr. Freeze is just ridiculous in it and stupid. There's, but... There was something about it, and I think Ben McKenzie kind of carrying it as the young Gordon really was the sensible option, making the TV show about him. And there's a GPC, no, Gotham Police Department, Gotham City Police, GCPD TV show coming out Yeah, that apparently is in the universe of the Batman movie. I see. I think that, that's what I prefer more. Yeah. Like the cleanup, like when, he, when Batman's having a holiday. <laughs> got to see, oh shit! Um, so you say Ben McKenzie was good in this? So it's, yeah, so probably I, second best performance after the OC. Probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, and that one episode. Oh no, that film that I saw yesterday. That report with Adam Driver. Oh, was he in that? He's in one scene, and he's he's in the dark, and then at the end of the after he says all these lines, he takes his mask off, and I was like, oh, it's him, and he goes. But I, I quite for, like him. I look forward to that. I watched that. I um. I like Gotham. It was a, it was a labor of love because it's not a great TV show by any standards. It was just hammy 50 minute like who's the villain this week oh it's the mad hatter and it showed you all these like b-list kind of gotham villains i said be right with that the ones that i'm going to be showing damn happy yeah yeah i quite enjoyed it and it it wasn't a threat like i say um so gotham the last last season mate 
fucking yeah. dreadful. Oh, okay. They were just like, quick, we haven't had Bane yet. Bring Bane in and he's just terrible. Okay, um, moving over to Marvel then. Yeah. So we've just had, obviously, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. You're on your own on there, mate. I've only seen Loki. Oh, the Loki and WandaVision. So, in my opinion, Loki, WandaVision was the best one. Certainly the best made. Mm. I was probably more hooked with Loki, though, to see how it affected the... The greatest storyline. Yeah. And Falcon and the Winter Soldier was great as a standalone. It was okay. Mm. Um, you know, buddy cop kind of thing, getting them to work together. But I, I did find that to be the least of my favourites. But don't worry, because Hawkeye's on its way. Uh, I've seen the trailer for it. I actually quite liked the trailer. The Christmas trailer. Yes. It's a bit odd, isn't it? it I think that's why I liked it. <laughs> To see that coming. No, no, I think, again, because I was like, well, how can they make Hawkeye any good? Well, it turns out they can't. Let's move over then to um, the good Marvel ones. Mm. Punisher Daredevil. Punisher Daredevil, all phenomenal. I yeah. feel like I feel like if they don't take them into the great universe, they're going to miss out because it's the Punisher, finally, that everyone's wanted. And a Daredevil that's told better stories than some of the fucking mm. MCU films have. And I love uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. I was just saying that, and if you could take Kingpin. their villains with them as well. There's a rumour that he's going to be Kingpin in Spider-Man. Good. That would be, be epic, wouldn't that it? That would be epic. Gutted with Jigsaw in The Punisher. If I'm, if I'm honest, season two of The Punisher, that's the thing that did me. That's not my Jigsaw. It's not my Jigsaw either. I actually prefer, I think he should have been hammier. I, I like Oh, the, but he should have been horrific. Yeah. He should have been like should've held been together like... by staples and masking tape. Yeah. After that, first, that last episode of The Punisher, he is messed up. Messed mm. up, and then the next season is not. He's only got a, a couple mask, of cuts. It's a masky words, mate. That's mm. the real jigsaw. Well, Iron Fist, Luke Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage is <laughs> underrated, mate. I think Luke Cage is an underrated, brilliant, especially that second season. Yeah. A lot of people don't give it a love, but I fucking love that. When I when I rewatched that, I was one of those people that hated it at first. When I rewatched that, mate, I, I was, do you know what? Fucking yes, Luke Cage season two is up there with fucking Daredevil season. Do like Luke Cage season one? Just don't get rid of Mahershala Ali too quickly. That's the but problem. Problem is though. If he didn't do that, it wouldn't be played. There you go. That's true. Uh, Jessica Jones, obviously, season one. Season one, one of the best. It, yeah. It's up there again with, with the high the highs. Season two, always down there with Iron Fist. Mate. <laughs> Let's not talk about Iron Fist. No. I'm not, no, getting, I mean, I'm not no, getting that time back. I was going to say anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, their, their amalgamation would be the Defenders. But again, I'm not giving that the time of day. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I thought it was okay. All over to you, mate. Star Trek. They're various incarnations. Um, they're all brilliant. They're all fantastic. They're all on Netflix. Star Trek, the original series, campy, fun. Star Trek Next Generation, less campy, more fun, more divulged on science, less sleeping around, more of a clever TV series. Star Trek Voyager, actually, do you know what? Explored, took some risks. I don't think they worked out, uh, worked at all. Star Trek Enterprise, going back to a time before they had the luxury, so... No focus on teleportation. You know, Scott Bakula, you know, Scott Bakula is a, a great actor. It was, he had some fun in the role. Um, that series, a lot of people lost faith in, but then weirdly it got better, but the audiences didn't come back. And that was, that's the problem when you get like a slow start in a TV series. If you lose that audience and they don't come back, it doesn't matter how good your writing is, you've lost them. And that's yeah. the prime example is Enterprise, which one of its final series was actually really good. One of the worst endings in a TV series ever. It turns out the whole TV series was uh, from an episode of... The Next Generation, Will Riker was watching like on the holodeck. So it completely took away, stripped away all the emotional attachment you had. And mate, we're sticking around here for the best one, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is about fucking slavery, occupation, um, racism. It's got everything. It's about belief against science. It's where do you stand morally? Can you stand by and let people be corrupted and taken? Or do you make a stand against your orders? Phenomenal. Star Trek Deep Space Nine is one of the greatest TV series of all time. And 
barely didn't make my top five. Like that's the one that nearly scraped it because I wanted a science one in there and Star Trek Deep Space Nine went, is amazing. I, hearing you talk so passionately, I do, I want to watch it, but I just don't know where to fucking start. Do you know what? I would go Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, so I don't have to watch anything else? No, there's some of the characters. So Miles O'Brien, he would have known from Star Trek, the next generation. But do you know what? Fuck it, mate, go for it. Mm. I would say that all Star Trek, and this is true of all of them, all the first series of Star Trek are all crap. Mm. So season one of Star Trek Next Generation is pretty pretty awful, especially episode two or three. It's actually very racist. It's, right. like, it's really bad. It's the product of the time of its writing. Avoid it like the play. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, though. You'll have some fun. Let's go on to some uh, some some British yes. excellence. Okay. Just I'm talking BBC fucking knocking out of the park. Sherlock. Amazing. My 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 Sherlock. I, I, I'm a big Sherlock fan, actually, in, in all incarnations. I like... It's a character actually I really like going back to. I like Robert Downey Jr. playing Sherlock. I like even um, Henry Cavill playing Sherlock in, in, in Enola Holmes. In Enola Holmes. You know. He's a character that I'm quite drawn to, I gravitate towards because you're not going to solve the case because you. the point is, is the audience cannot see what he sees. And that's the, that the reveal is, you know, in any other cop drama, you know, who done it? the audience has got to have a fine chance, but Sherlock, no chance. Because you don't know about the gunpowder residue on the fucking, on the, under on the, the nail of, of, a, is. of an gorilla somewhere yeah. two miles away. Yeah. yeah, and you don't know the difference between, you know, fine dog hair and rabbit hair that he knows because he sniffed it and then whatever it is. And so, but I like the the, the playfulness of, of Sherlock Holmes. And, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch really kind of, I think everyone will go down saying his 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 thing was Doctor Strange, but it, to me it would never nothing will ever top Sherlock Sherlock for that. No, I agree with you. I think he was absolutely brilliant, but I also loved uh, Moriarty, and I can't remember the actor who played that. He was he was also amazing. Andrew um, Andrew, oh yeah, it was Andrew. Yeah, Fleabag. Because I was going to talk about Fleabag. Um, he he was. I thought he raised his level. I thought more, when Moriarty and Sherlock were on the same screen together, I thought that was like BBC fucking gold. And of course, Martin Freeman as well. And how can you forget Mister what soon to be Mister Britain? Mm. Soon, probably. I did love it. I did. Sherlock was great. Every episode is awesome. It's that is quality over quantity oh, in, in a TV show. Really well written as well. Yeah. Superb as well. Three episodes. That's all you. It's weirdly. It's all you needed. Um, Line of Duty. Love Line of Duty. I think maybe. I don't really understand. They should have done something with Andrew the Scott. Oh, fuck, sorry, I just it got was Andrew yeah. Scott. Yeah. I think. Well, you've got great. You've got great chemistry. And I, I was, I was in Line of Duty from day one. So I was there back in season one, like years ago. The last series. I was there, mate. I had, a, I got I the badge. Like, it's like Luther, mate. Everyone came late to that party. I was fucking. I was on Luther, mate, at the beginning. Um, but ultimately dissatisfied it did leave me with really bad taste it mm. promised so much and delivered fuck all <sighs> still going though isn't it? it well that's the thing people don't like is it still going because they ended it and there was a kind of final a finality of the final shot i think they'd be stupid to leave it at that though they they mm. must be stupid because if that's your grand reveal then i feel like i've wasted 10 years of my <laughs> life and i want them back what about um a show that i i just can't take seriously i just can't if i could keep trying this has got to be the Aaron Award for the most times I've tried to watch a TV show and not finish the first season. Wow. And I think there's only three episodes in the first season. Peaky Blinders. Oh, I've made, do you know what? I feel like you and I are soulmates sometimes. I don't get it. <laughs> I've watched it, but I don't get it. I, the reason I struggle with it is so many people on Facebook using like memes of Killian Murphy with some shitty state of thing over it, like 
um, you know, like uh, friends are those that uh, don't call you. Friends are the ones that like, you know, know when you're down or whatever it is. Or a picture of him like smoking. It's like, I know where my enemies are. You best watch out. And it's like, fuck off with your middle-aged memes. <laughs> like They're just all a load of shit. I'm Karen, hear me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm with you. I, I, do you know what? Sometimes it's all right, but sometimes it just don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I like the Murphy. I like, I like the, the attention to detail that they've gone to in in recreating that time of Birmingham. Oh, the sets look like shit, else. Yeah, <laughs> they look like you'll get like lung cancer from breathing in the coal. <laughs> yeah, it does. It has, it has that real feel to it, and I do want to watch it. You know, like Tom Hardy's in it. You know, I know in, in later seasons and. Um, What's it, Adrian Brody comes into it. There's loads, Sam Neill's in it. You know, there's loads of reasons actually, to want to watch it. I'm actually, tell, you've changed my mind. It's actually pretty good, actually. Those scenes that you talk about, I actually relax it for Sam Neill's accent. He's fucking diabolical. Is he Irish in that? He tries to be. Right. <laughs> he fucking tries to be. just killing Killian Murphy when he's like, no. <laughs> but actually, no, he's, so you mentioning Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's brilliant. Uh, yeah, and Adrian Brody is so Italian, mate. He might as well come with pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> um... Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving to the bodyguards. Oh, I thought the bodyguard was brilliant. They promised me a second series. Though, where is it? I demanded it. Oh, at the moment, we've got Vigil. But did I, you sign a petition? Because that's how you get things done. Yeah, you, mate, I'm, you, I should. Right, cool. I feel like I'm still waiting, but I think I'll have Sherlock syndrome because he has obviously gone on to the Eternals, Eternals now. Richard Madden. Richard Madden. And I'll be honest, I think Richard Madden's money. So I don't think he's going to stick around for a BBC drama when Hollywood's a calling. He could, though, could fall under Kit Harrison syndrome and Amelia Clark syndrome, where well, I they th- are A-lister, but they are struggling in, in cinema. But do you know why I think he'll quite get out of it? It's because he got out of the series in season like four. Because he will, because he's done other things. Yeah. And I just think, I, I think he's got Bond about him. I think if they wanted to go for no one knows what's happening with Bond. Mm. There's talk that they'll go female Bond. I think maybe if they go young Bond, I think Richard Madden would be perfectly cast for that. As proven in The Bodyguard, where he's fucking sensational. He is good in that. And he's not just acting chops. That final scene where he basically spends it, like, what was it, 90 minutes just crying. Mm. And I was like, oh, mate. And then, whilst crying, that final episode, I still, it's weird how you get there. And I think the payoff of it is really poor. But I think that last episode is actually weirdly phenomenal, where he then, where he's like got a bomb strapped to him and he spends the entire, like, we just, I don't want to get too many spoilers, but it's fantastic. No, I did, I did love it. I thought it was great. And, and it had a reveal at the end as well that I was yes. didn't even see it coming. No one did, mate. If you said you saw that coming, you're a fucking liar. Lenny James is an actor that really shone for me in the TV series Save Me. I haven't seen him, but obviously famous work is The Walking Dead. And he's in the first, mate, he was there at the beginning of Land Jury. Told you I was there at the beginning. <laughs> I, I really liked uh, Save Me. I thought it was, it, it, I think I said it on this podcast, it captured like, that community you spirit seen, yeah. of like London, you know, high tower estates, you know, local pub vibe to it. It felt, you know, like so many times you see London and you think, fucking hell, where do they find that one street that they keep, you know, filming films <laughs> like Paddington and Mary Poppins and any other London based TV or film is on this like posh area. And save me, I was like, that's London. Yeah. Like those are the people in, you know, in, in the capital and stuff. So I, I thought that TV series was really good. It was also really dark as well. It was a TV show that started about abduction, but it went dark. It went underground. It went to the things that you know exist, but you don't want to. You don't want to know about because it's so terrible. You know, human trafficking, that kind of stuff. So, but it was rewarding because the guy, his character, is basically someone who gave up on his kids, and then when he finds she's gone missing, even though he hasn't, he doesn't know her and he's never met her. He's got. Well, I am still a dad. I've got to go do something about it, and he has no resources. He's not Batman. He doesn't have a load of money. 
you know, a load of technology. He's just got his street smarts about him mm. and he knows the people to start asking and, you know, and that leads to meeting someone else and, you know, and that's how he kind of gets undercover to find out where she may be and, and he uncovers this gang and this ring that are operating in London. It's just really good. Six episodes a season. I really hope they pick it up for a season three and he wrote it as well. Oh, that's good. Save me. Save me. We talked about the tunnel and the bridge. I love the tunnel. I just, there's something about that crossover, that French and English crossover in this that I just fucking loved. I've, and I thought all three seasons were great. It wrapped up at the, at the end of the third season as well. It just, it, there's no more. It's done. Yeah. And that I really appreciate that as well. Like quantity <laughs> versus quality, you know, so we're not going to get like season nine of the tunnel. How Still, do you keep getting these two cops to have to work together? Yeah. Um, that sounds pretty cool. Isn't it Stannis Baratheon and the lady from in Bruce? Yep. There you go. There you go. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that's, that's what they'll forever be known as. Yeah. But they, you know, they're really good. She's, she's awkward. She doesn't like people. You know, she's uh, very much the Claire Danes of, of the TV show. And, and he's, you know, weirdly this kind of sex pest. It's got yeah. like loads of kids and, you know, but he's also really nice and it's, it's really conflicting and it's, you know, but it's, it's really watchable. Really, sure. really watchable. Fair um, fucking hell, the killing. Just going to rattle through these now. You see the killing? I, which one? The original Danish one? No. I've the, seen the Danish one. Right. So mate, I've seen, mate, that's fucking depressing. Yeah. The, uh, the American one is, is just as, but um, obviously early uh, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Actually, I have seen the first series. Yeah. Because yeah. it ends on a cliffhanger, doesn't it? That one. And then so I can't they can remember. squeeze more series out. I can't remember. Yeah, oh yeah, the series one and two is like the same case. It just keeps going. It's yeah. like, but you're talking about like uh, TV shows where they go around like Broadchurch, where they go around the houses of like, it could be him, it could be him. Fucking hell, they go through like the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> Broadchurch is a fucking awesome TV show as well, actually thinking about it. Broadchurch that, on my list. That should have made, is it on your list? It, it wasn't on my top five, but it was on the list of films that I really, that could have made it because mate, there were some fucking close ones. Um, let's keep going then. Uh, hour and seventeen minutes in, and now now we come across Doctor Who. Oh mate, I said, what another thing? There's not enough time to talk about all these great TV shows. Doctor Who, when they brought it back, Christopher Eccleston, superb. Fucking, how do you get better? I know, bring Mister Scotland, but making Mister Britain, Dave, uh, David Tennant. My God, take a gamble on Matt Smith. He was phenomenal. Go back to an older Britain to play a younger kind of version of Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi. Amazing. And then smash it off with the first female doctor, obviously a famous from Broadchurch. Jodie. Uh, Jodie Whittaker. And I just think it goes from strength to the strength. My problem with it is, because it thinks it's quite clever, it keeps redoing its own origin story. It keeps doing, it always goes back and changes something about the mythos. And I'll be honest, when it keeps doing that, when a TV series doing that, it's kind of cannibalizing itself. It, it runs the risk of turning itself into a bit of a joke. And I, I think it needs to slow down. The, 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 I did, when I did rewatch it, when I kind of got back into it and found my love for it again, um, there were I did get a bit put off sometimes by certain cameos in it. Was a bit like I was taking out the storyline now. Yeah, you know, Peter K being a big fucking one. Well, apparently that that episode though is awful. It's one that yeah. is the worst one. And then um, and and a little bit too, you know, oh, we've got two minutes left. Sonic screwdriver. Yeah, you know, bullshit science. Bullshit science. And and tenant was guilty of this a lot as well it's just screaming at the end a load of dialogue and, and exposition mm. that you're like oh okay but the classic stuff i loved who was your classic doctor i just everyone's classic it was baker i like baker baker was the one because i was really into the silver chair movie as well and he was in that i think it's because i think it's because he was he's like he was the most like a teacher he was most like he's most likely to teach you things you know when he's talking mm. about so i remember he went on soliloquies that way he was like fucking mental I, I do I do have a soft spot though for Pertwee's. I was like the the oldest one. I can't remember his name. Uh, the Doctor Number Nine. I don't know. It's because of his coat was all question marks. So I thought he was the Riddler. 
All right. Yeah, that sounds really stupid. But he was also, he was the most, when you look back on it now, he was the most manipulative. Mm. He was actually one of the most archaic ones. But because he was quite subtle in his performance, he was actually, he was kind of like, he manipulated a lot of his people. He was actually the most insidious doctor. Mm. I, I think that's why I liked him. I liked my doctor a bit dark. That's why I quite liked Capaldi. Yeah, I like Capaldi as well. I like Capaldi now as well. He seems to be having a lot of fun and a lot of the classic stuff. I never really believed in like the Daleks and the, you know, I kind of got drawn into the pantomime of the villains. But, yeah. But I did believe like the settings. I did believe that it did have a really good sci-fi feel to it. And, yeah. Um, what about a, a t- one that fucking just circled my top five? And and even as we're talking now, I, it still might make it. I haven't 100% decided yet. Luther. Might make. Do you know what Luther? And this is a true story. I it was I was back in time. I was you know what I went back and, and watched it. I was if I had plans, I'd be like, no, I can't do that. They asked me to work a shift that they was like, no, I need to be finished Tuesday nine o'clock. I'm watching Luther. I fell in love with the character of uh, well, what is her name? Ruth Wilson, I think is the actress's name. Alice. Alice. I, she was mate. She was such great foil. Mm. She. I know Luther was a great TV series. I really liked the villains in it, and I remember the best villains in it being the two twins who were playing a role-playing game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were so fucking... Because I really liked the line of that. But then the scariest came the next season when there's a serial killer who's, like, who's like training the next generation of serial killer who goes, like, who's hiding, like, under the bed. Mm. It was brilliant. But then you've got, like, you've got this... The first series was brilliant because people are trying to catch him out. You know, does he play by the rules? And everyone forgets that first series was actually brilliantly well done when there's kind of a cat-and-mouse situation going on. And the character of Justin... Oh, mate, mm. there's so much love about old school Luther. However, I'm going to put out, I fucking hated the last series. Oh, I like the last series. I hated it so much. I hated it because it, round, if it, it had a finality, rounded up a lot of things, which kind of were wound up in the last series. That was and the Doctor it, and his wife, wasn't it, series, where he was wearing yeah. he wore that mask and he was on the bus and everything. Yeah, I believe so. I, I like that series because because there was the, the, there was the two-part cannibal Christmas one, wasn't there? believe so and then the last one was one where he got arrested he got put in cuffs at the end Luther did yeah but he looks like he might get out of it because he was something related to Alice but that's what that's what wound me up but I like I like that last one where you you the audience and, and Luther to, to a large degree knew who the killer was you had to fucking prove it though and that was, is a reoccurring thing with Luther and there's other episodes where he's not been able to prove it so he's fucking planted the evidence but yeah. because he's known it's that guy Luther was great and his and his Idris Elba's second best mm. work he's ever done. Next to Cats. Obviously next mm. to Cats. <laughs> Don't ever question it. And another episode has gone by where we have mentioned Idris Elba <laughs> was in Cats. May it forever continue. American Horror Story. Oh, this is your bag, baby. I watched the first episode and wasn't hooked. And I think I think the problem with this TV series is because it uses the ensemble cast, it needs to hook you. I like the idea that each season the cast would rejig and... I like it, yeah. but it's got to hook you. It's got to be hooked. And do you know what people will tell me about the freak show and the hotel one, the motel one? Mm. And they sound great in principle. But I'll be honest, I don't want to get there. I don't want to have to watch the crap. To me, the, to me, the golden era is the first four seasons. Yeah, The first four I thought were really good. The Murder House, the first season, is, is, is very kind of like BDSM leather, you know, having the Antichrist, that mm. kind of stuff. And then, but after season four, it, it got a bit ridiculous and it got a bit too Ryan Murphy and everything just got, that's the creator. It got a bit too much, you know, they got rid of a lot of key characters. Jessica Lang stopped, I think, after series five or series four and that that you could you could feel it when she left. Mm. They brought in some new characters, which were great, but it, it didn't it didn't have the magic of them for first four. And, the, you know, the first ones were a murder house, an asylum, 
a witch's coven and then a traveling freak show circus. They were pretty cool. They were cool things. And then by the end, it's like apocalypse and yeah. the cult. And it, it was all right, but it, it didn't have the, what the first couple of seasons had to me. So that's my knee. I'm moving a chair. So we're still in that room with that Jonas Pilot coming last time. <laughs> as soon as we started talking about arachnophobia. So you, you're, you mentioning witches. I'm expecting fucking want to jump in right now. We're talking about scary. A TV show that scared the piss out of me. Episode one. The Haunting of Hill House. I know I didn't watch it. Mate, what would be the point? I watched the first episode. And I was you? like, that scared the shit out of me. Like it proper did. And then that season episode two. No, I then I stopped watching it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking hell, that I was on the I was, it was just one of the days. I was I think I was like in the house on my own. Like, oh, I don't know, I watched it. And it, and it, and the thing is I knew where it was going. I knew what the fucking end was, but it's such a good scene at the end. It's, no spoilers. It's the classic talking to someone that you don't realise that they're dead. Yeah. And but when he twigs and then when he looks at her properly, you see she's dead. I was like, fuck, that freaked me the hell out. Yeah. But you know, this it, it's that classic haunted house story that I love you know it's like in part you know so you know when it's daylight it feels like the Adams family but when the lights are out it feels like the exorcist it was like fucking hell this is scary and it had an episode a fine it had two episodes that would stand out one had a very very clever um single cut episode yeah that took place in a um in a funeral home where it was smart edit you could tell where they cut at any time they passed a wall you know or something like that would have cut but the whole episode's filmed as if it's one single take and that was really good episode and then the final episode pins a lot of unanswered questions in a way that you're like fuck i did not see that but apparently if you rewatch it there is loads of stuff to watch like you know like if you watch under the bed in certain scenes you'll see like an arm and there's loads of ghosts throughout the whole thing apparently yeah, you do like that sort of stuff. i like that sort of stuff freak me the fuck out of that tv show one i nearly said one trio <laughs> no was this on the house on haunted hill the, it's the, the Netflix one. It's the Netflix one, yeah. yeah. The, the Haunting of Hill House. I might give that a go, actually. And it's got, I can't remember the guy's name now. It's got um, the guy played Elliot in E.T., now grown up. Really? Yeah. He's, forever known as Elliot from yeah. E.T. <laughs> he's in it, and a few other kind of cast members now that are kind of making out, you know. And again, it's got the Stephen King kind of feel to it. You know, one's grown up, one of the, because it's about the, an event that happened when they were kids. And then years later, they get pulled back to the house. Um, you know, and it has like the, the, um, the the Stephen King character who's grown up now and he's an author, you know, has all that kind of stuff to it. But fucking, yeah, really good, actually. Really good. Really enjoyed that TV show. Um, mate, i tell you what, one show that should have come to mind from the bat, maybe one of the first TV shows that I ever watched growing up, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about Sister, Sister, Closer Explains, or Spring of the Teenage Witch. Yeah, they were all good. Keenan and Kel, I love it, but Fresh Prince... Oh, mate, that's a good show. That was a fucking show. That was a show. And it had fucking stories. Like, it wasn't it wasn't comedy. It mm. was like, well, there's that famous one where Will Smith broke down, didn't he? And he yeah, and, and real, yeah, his dad. If he's talking about his real dad and it, with his dad in the TV show leaves him and then he, Will Smith went on this rant talking about his own dad and the, the guy played Uncle... Uncle Phil. Uncle a, Phil, A.K.A. Shredder in the anime series. Shredder, mate, yes. <laughs> of, of, uh, of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I fucking loved him. I wish he was my uncle. Mainly because he was rich, <laughs> but no, that was that was phenomenal. I I was like the recurring joke where they threw Jazzy Jeff out, and it was always it, and it was always it was quite clearly a thing. But I think that added to it. Yeah, but it had it had things as well, like you know, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy played Carlson, Rubinio. Oh no, I'll, I'll get it in a in a second. Oh, um, it's not one of those. 
Alfonso Riviera. Alfonso Riviera. He, he, I kind of mixed them together when I was like, <laughs> he's so kind of over the top caricatured his character. They're offset brilliantly. And then it was them scenes where they stopped acting their kind of bigger selves. And them scenes are fucking heartbreaking. Like yeah. some of them. I do, I do the episode I, where Carson gets a gun. That episode was fucking shocking. I think, I do. I think that TV series actually had the, if you think about all the TV shows might've had the most, one of the best perfect blends of message and comedy. Mm. Because at times it was actually quite funny. And at other times it was like, you, you're fucking learning a mm. lesson here. Oh, that's quite horrible actually. I remember the one playing pool feeling sorry for her. Because <laughs> Uncle Phil comes and hustles the he hustler. Does, mate. He hustles him, mate. And I loved that. He's like, get me out. I remember this. And he just turns to the butler is like, get me Benice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And Benice is his own fucking thing. I love that. I thought it was brilliant. Then yeah. he gets uh, passed over for being the head judge as well in the later episode because he's black. Like, he wasn't, he fucking didn't sugarcoat shit for you. It was like, this is the reality we live in. Mm. Fuck you. I think that was it, the message of James, James Avery played. James, it was James yeah. Avery, yeah. Honestly, mate. mate, I'm taking a point for that. I know we're not even playing the point system, but I'm taking it. Unfortunately, it's the late team beyond. Um, not going to go into it because we already went to it in a previous podcast, but the Jude Law TV series, I think it was it called The Sixth Day. That's what you told me it was called. Outstanding show. Outstandingly fucking odd. Yeah. But really worth watching it. Or was it The Seventh Day? Oh, fucking hell. What was the TV show, show called? It was something day. It, it, when you told me about that, I got vibes about hammering my own, about cutting my own penis off. It is very like culty, midsummery, pagany, witchcrafty stuff. But it it was really good. Jude Law is outstanding in it. But you've got to watch the the you've you've got to at least be aware of the timing and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and particularly what happens. Oh, it's called the third day. Fucking hell, I'm all over the place. It's called the third day because the third day isn't in the TV show. You see, free. You see, yeah. It was called the. Was it called The Fourth Day? Fuck, what was that TV show called? The, the one, Third Day. The one with Jude Law. The Jude Law TV show. It's called The Fifth Day. Fuck off, what was it called? <laughs> it's The Third Day, isn't it? No, it's always The 22nd. <laughs> Don't just Google this. Mate, okay. You carry on speaking. That TV show, but you've got to, if you're going to go watch it, you've got to watch the immersive um, experience that is The Third Day or whatever it is called, where um, Jude Law, they, they did a 24-hour live TV show. What is it called? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's, I put Jude Law and then put the... Yeah. expecting it to then like auto fill in and it went Jude Law the holiday is <laughs> that what you're talking about Let's go with it, was, it was the third day the third day the, that TV your show your final answer was the correct one right Preacher no I've seen the first season and I quite liked it but the problem I've got with it is it it, come, it came out at the same time of a lot of other TV series that I really liked mm. and I had sacrificed one of them and it was Preacher I did quite like it it was brutal it came out it was also at the same time I was trying to watch Good Omens and I was trying to watch American Gods and I was trying to watch this and they all just started merging into the same. Yeah. And I know Preacher came out way before all of them. Yeah, but it's when we came to watch it, yeah. no, I agree with you on that one. That's, it, it, to me, it was Lucifer. And I had to make yeah. a choice. I didn't have time for both. And I picked Lucifer. Yeah, they, they all started to blend in with me. And American Gods was the one I wanted to like, but it did that like Zack Snyder thing of like these hyper, like stylized, slow motion-y, bloody and violent. And I was like, oh. I think the premise of that is amazing that the old gods are dying out and there's new gods born out of people's, isn't it like fashion or money? Money. I think the premise of that is mm. fucking phenomenal. And it's yeah. about the old gods trying to fight their way back. And I think that's, yeah. I think as storylines go, that's amazing. Yeah. Neil Gaiman, you should watch out for him. I think he's got, he's yeah. got something that kid. All right. Um, <laughs> one for the future. Yeah. But yeah. I like that. I like the, yeah. I like the, the whole um, social media is now a God. Jesus is still there, isn't he? Christ is still there. Yeah. He's like living in a mansion. Like he's fucking living it up. But you know, all the Norse gods are like, oh no. Um, 
but yeah. Yeah, it was really good, actually. I finished the book, but I, I don't know where the TV series is up to because- uh, I, I heard bad things about season two. Yeah, well, someone told me where season one ended and I was like, what? That's like the first fucking chapter of the book. Like, so it must, they're drawing it out. Right. Um, a, per, a personal one to me, not going to make my top five, but one that I thoroughly enjoyed watching, five series, and that was Bates Motel. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the 960 uh, Psycho movie. I think Vera Farmiger was great. I think- um, What's his name? Freddie Highmore, I think it is. The, the kid, kid, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I say kid, he's he's now, I think he's now an adult. But he's, he's still a kid. Yeah. But I really liked Space Motel. I, I saw it as, a, again, I didn't see it as affecting the Hitchcock movie. Uh, it's a prequel, obviously, leading up to the events of that film. But then it does, in the fifth season, almost catch, yeah, it does, it catches up with itself and then it goes off on its own storyline. Um, so yeah, I, I I really liked it. It does things like you get the infamous, in the last season, you get the infamous shower scene, but they change it slightly. So you think you know what's about to happen and then they spin it on its head. And it, So I, I quite liked it. I like the performances in it. I like the aesthetics of it as well. I just like that that motel, that big house on the hill. Cool. Mm. Motel. Mate, this is an exhaustive list, isn't the it? The Fall... I really like the first two Fuck series. It, I did. I like the third one to be fair. I don't because it's almost as if there was like, oh, this is a really great series. Get the get the writer from EastEnders. In. <laughs> I, I, I quite liked it. I like I liked him as a villain. I think oh, I, I say was... like him. He's a fucking evil shit. Yeah. But I did like when his guard was down. He was just like nothing to lose now. Fuck it. I I thought he was uh, his creepiest when he'd been caught. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I really liked that. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they did fucking ham that up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That that's it. that show was horror. That it was quite. Um, horrifying actually I, mm-hmm. mean, I remember after just feeling creeped out by that guy because I can't tell whether it was just because when the guard was down and he was caught and he did turn into a, an evil piece of shit and then you realise how fake his family life was yeah and his kids and all that stuff that he had yeah a terrible guy actually that Jamie Dornan he's not winning any he's not winning any competitions for dad of the month is he no no he's going to win a multi-million pound business though so we talked about all of the others here so that to me oh Mandalorian obviously yeah, I know you're a huge fan. Huge fan. Didn't make my top five, but huge fan. Huge fan. I am looking forward to the Obi-Wan series. If we were going to talk um, animated, I'd talk about Clone Wars. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like the extended Star Wars universe. <laughs> Give me these stories. Give me these new characters. I'm a slut for it all. Yeah. Mandalorian, I thought the first time I watched it, season one was great. And then we watched season one to get into season two. You loved I it. I just loved it. The second time around, I connected with it way, way more. Do you think that's the best thing about some of the things you mentioned in here? I remember how I had to watch Dexter twice before mm. I got it because the first time I couldn't get into it, I think it was on in the background maybe sometimes mm. or something. I remember the first time I actually watched it and it was so much better. So I'm making that nearly 70 TV shows and I deliberately haven't talked about my top five. One yeah. of them I think has slipped out. Yeah. And we've maybe alluded to yours. So should we go ascending well, order then? Five to four. Just some of the mentions that didn't make it to mine. I'm fairly certain won't make it to yours. Spaced, Only Fools and Horses, Friday Night Lights, Killing Eve, Black Adder, Community, which is one of mine, Life on Mars. Life on Mars. Oh, I fucking love Life on Mars. And my, one of my personal favourites of all time, Monk. <laughs> fucking love me some Monk. But I was never going to make it because it's just a guilty pleasure. Now... They are so good. Only Fools and Horses. How did I not think of that one? Well, it's because it's kind of over now. So you have to, it's one of those ones that we'll never forget though. And we'll all, you'll always get gold. However, it's also one of the ones that's mostly heavily edited. You can't buy entire seasons of that because obviously of the jokes that were told in it. 
My dad got like the monthly magazine where you got a DVD with an episode in it. So he's got all of them. Oh, right. So my dad's he's one of like, the few people in the world that generally has them. Yeah. My dad's got all of them and he's got all of the sharps and he's got all of the Inspector Morses from these like magazines that you subscribe to and you get a new one each week. They start off at like two ninety nine, but then they, they really up the price when you've got your subscription. Yeah. And he was like... I think he was, he was moaning once. He was like, I've just spent like 200 quid on the Only Fools and Horses like DVD selection. <laughs> and in HV, you can buy like the whole set for like 50 quid. I don't think you got them all though. Yeah. So you should always remember that. Space, good call. Killing Eve. I, I might put it in my top five. I am sorry, mate. You did mention like, I, you no, think no, you've no. mentioned like three of mine. No, no, I, 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 I just thinking of it now when you said it. That's the one I'm debating over. Oh. Because I do think Dodecom is amazing. She is. Sandra O is amazing. Sandra O is amazing. And it has that whole, it has a real feel to it, a real style to it. It's engaging. Oh, mate. You're talking so into it. Mm, oh, I nearly you, am. So if you're talking about... Oh, what was her name? What's the name of... Um, she was in Mario Brothers. <laughs> no, not do. I know. I, <laughs> unfortunately, I know who exactly. But you're talking about Sandra O's boss. Yeah. And also King Cooper's wife. <laughs> yep. That's well, that's what, she, that's what she's there for. And mate, I'm going to blow your mind here. She owns the boarding school that the... English director wants to send the girl away to in three men and a lady. <laughs> Would you? I think I actually genuinely might quit the podcast on that because I think it's way as it's going out. It's going to be one of the best useless bits of knowledge to know. <laughs> I can't believe I've forgotten her because, name because, as well. Because I've spent this entire episode thinking, oh, I can't remember that character. I can't remember that actress was in that film. I think I've only ever seen once. Fucking Fiona Shaw. Fiona Shaw. I'm getting a point for that as well. You can have a point for your fact though. Generally <laughs> got no laugh. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I've lost it somewhat. Should we not even do the top five? <laughs> Let's go five to four. I oh killing you, come on. Uh yeah, I think I have enjoyed it more than one of my top five, though, <sighs> maybe. Go on then. So what's the one you're expunging then? Right, so so I think because you've just told us Killing Eve, Killing Eve would replace your number five, are we saying? Killing Eve. So right, what, so I'll tell you where I was at. Yeah. Number five for me was Daredevil. Oh. Because I had fun. Yeah. It was a wild card. Yeah. Ben Affleck dug a grave for that character. <laughs> and Charlie and Cox climbed out of he it. He fucking did, mate. And um, Do you remember the mystique as well about actually learning who uh, Wilson Fisk was? Because you didn't meet him until like episode three or four. It was old uh, James, wasn't it? His his Brighton man. And I thought he was phenomenal as well. Oh, Winston. He's he's, a side character. Yeah. Yeah. And Winslow. Oh, is it? I I think it was like, yeah. Um, I I really, I really loved it. It was graphic. It was brutal. It had a fucking kick-ass villain. Season two brought in the Punisher. Wesley. Wesley. I know it had a W. And um, yeah, season two, bringing in uh, the Punisher, loved it. Season three, or, no, uh, the Defenders, okay, would kind of let me down a little bit. And season three was all right. I kind of brought in the Fist character again. But but I do like, I do like the end, the, towards the end. The choreography was insane. Some of yeah. the fight scenes. It was a Netflix TV show that just made me fall. It was a time when I was going for superhero fatigue. Yeah. And it was, a. It, the only way I can describe it is I got, I got like the same satisfaction as playing like a game like, Arkham Knights and Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Yeah. They were talking about the choreography, the sound of the punches, the like, the feel to the whole thing. I was just, I could slip into that TV show so easily. 
Yeah, no, I agree with that one. But the fourth episode in each series where they do the long drawn out fight scene choreographed scenes. I think that was perfect in scene three in the prison though. The, the prison scene one. is the best one. The corridor yeah. scene in the first one, but then the Punisher does it. In the Punisher one, they, it's the one where he frees the Punisher and they fight and the Punisher's trying to kill people. Oh, that's actually very good as well. The Daredevil has to disarm him, but also defeat the bad guys. And then, of course, you get the Punisher's prison scene in season two, which is brutal as fuck. So there was something about the Punisher. Every series was brilliant. The only, Daredevil, sorry. The only thing I would say is, is season two does have a low point and that's when they know where they want to go but they run out of ideas. So they just pair off Electro with Daredevil and they go. Yeah. They literally do nothing for like three episodes. But then, but you know what? One low point in three series, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. And I liked all the, all the other characters in it as well. The side characters I really liked. So for me, I can't, I can't really tell whether I'm on Daredevil or Killing Eve there. I'll leave. I'll let you have them both. What are you going for your five? My number five, mate, is a little ditty of me that hasn't come up yet. So it was number four, but then literally just before we started recording, you remind, I, I don't know what you said, but you reminded me of something. I was like, how could I have not written this? So The Expanse on Amazon. The Expanse is set in a future where man has colonized Mars, but then humanity is fractured. Earth is overpopulated with massive class divides. Mars has rebelled against Earth and stands against Earth in a cold war. And it threatens actual war at any moment. Put in the middle of this, a third power called the Outer Planets Alliance, which is made of people brought up in spaceships and mining bases. The science, this this is based on a, on a book, and the science is so realistic, like, the best way to torture them is put them in gravity, because they're not used to gravity, their bones can't handle it, it starts breaking under their own weight. So the way to torture what they call a belter is to put them in gravity. It's That's fucking it's, clever, it's isn't fucking, it? It's so brilliant. The novel's by uh, James S.A. Corey. I've started reading them and they're so good. Um, we follow various characters in the universe. So there's a Christian, a United Nations executive trying to stop all out war between Earth and Mars. Joe Miller, a cop on a spaceship in, on a space station tasked with finding Julie Mao, a daughter of a businessman and hugely influential scientist. Um, and then basically you've got James Holden, Naomi, Alex and Amos. They're hunted by a secret stealth ship and must steal a Martian warship in order to survive. Soon all the storylines begin to entwine. And what we have is a smart, clever, well-written story that doesn't hold its audience's hand. It's a tense thriller with breakout moments of actual joy. A sci-fi masterpiece that was originally cancelled because it was too good. So it was on the Sci-Fi Channel and it became so popular that they couldn't... (laughs) Sci-Fi had a deal with it that they'd only ever make a certain percentage. Well, because the numbers coming in, they basically hit a cap and they were like, we're not getting any more money for this. But obviously, because everyone's loving it, we have to increase the percentages and everything. Amazon came and sweeped it up, give it a huge budget. It's fantastic. Standout character is a character called Kamina Drummer. So I love sci-fi. One of my favourite things about sci-fi is it's given birth to some of the best female protagonists in the world. We're talking Ripley. Mm. Ripley's probably top tier. Uh, Sarah Connor, top tier. Um, in a scene, Kamina Drummer has to stop something from happening. So what she does... Oh, by the way, she's paralyzed and she's been shot in the spine. She fucking drills shit into her while she operates on herself so she can save the day. Mate, she is top tier. Up there with uh, Naomi, who's basically like the chief engineer, takes no shit, is fantastic. Standout episode, season three, all of it. It pays off all the series that you've watched to this point. Uh, So brilliantly, all the episodes are amazing and I refuse to pick just the one. It was a pleasure to watch with historically great sci-fi elements. The Expanse is... so. Um, the Expanse is something um, that I absolutely adore. I urge you to watch it. The next series that will come out on Amazon next year or the year after that, it will be its last. It's already been announced it will be its last. So I urge you to go check it out. So, I mean, I just said Daredevil had like the good punchy fighty stuff. Yeah. I like, had a good villain and uh, you kind of just did that. Yeah. 
uh, avoid slash ignore, um, there is uh, something called a proto molecule. Mm. And it fucking comes up like every other word. Some characters literally exist to go to check in on the proto molecule. Ignore it. If you can get past that, you're in for a good time. Uh, cast list, mate. And I know you're going to love this. He's got everyone's favourite Punisher, Thomas Jane. That's the only person you'll remember in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really good. I really like the levels they go to. They invent, so for the belters, they go for like a, uh, like a Southern drawl. They've got their own language. They pride themselves by tattooing their face. It's got just brilliant characters in it. It's standout scenes. It's fantastic. And it's science. It's science fiction at its best. It's taking risks. I love The Expanse. Daredevil's got some good fight scenes in it. Yeah, it does. There's nothing wrong with Daredevil. Just punching and... There's nothing wrong with Daredevil. Come on down. We got number four? Mate, my number four. The Wire. The Wire is a crime drama television series written by former police lawyer David Simon. The Wire is a realistic re- representation of police procedure and drug running and the legal system of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Jimmy McNulty is a clever homicide detective who disagrees with how the police department handled drug cases. So they don't go for the high levels. They go for the young'uns. They go for the people on the street selling the drugs. Then you've got a contrast. You've got D'Angelo Barksdale, who goes back to work from his, back for his uncle after he beats a murder charge and his top man, Stringer Brell. The drug trade is under threat as a new man on the town is called Omar Little is there to steal their drugs and their money. Mate, I'm going to tell you this cast list and it's fantastic. Dominic West, Jimmy mm. McNulty, Idris Elba, Stringer Bell. In, he was in Cats, wasn't he? He was in Cats. Never let it be forgotten. Um, skipping Lance uh, Reddick, he's been in lots of things. You'll remember him. Sonja Show, Clark Peters as Lester Freeman. Mm. Um, Chad Coleman as Cutty. He appears in Walking Dead as... Uh, I can't remember what the character's name, but he was my favourite. Um, Wood Harris. It, mate, it's got a lot of people in. The characters are real. See him walking dead, did he, have his, did he eat his own leg? No, he's, he does the episode where he dies. He, he think he gets bit in the, in the first, you spend an hour with him as he turns and I think it ends on his death. Right. Um, the characters are real. Why do I love it? The characters are real. The story is slow, but it's realistic. The heroes are flawed and the villains are human. It's a tour de force of the best writing and acting maybe I've got on this list. Each season takes one step back so we can see the drug trade and how it infests the city more than on the streets. So the first season, we got cops and drug dealers. The second season introduces the docks and how uh, drugs are smuggled in. The third season introduces politicians and a cop that tries to fix the problem. So he basically becomes a law unto himself and decides to kind of legalise drugs in order to mm. get drug crime down. Again, season three peaks, mate. Season four introduces the education system and how young black boys are lost to the lifestyle. And the final season deals with the press and how print media is dying and using dark stories to sell papers and stay relevant. Standout character, mate. I've got Lester Freeman, my favourite cop, who's brilliant. Bubbles. Bubbles was an absolutely fantastic uh, character who basically is a uh, drug addict on the streets. I love myself some cutty, mate. But, and I think it's quite... It's it's great time to mention uh, the character of Omar Little, who was played by Michael K. Williams, who actually died a few days ago. Omar Little is the best character, and this is what I mentioned at the start, the best character to ever come out of the fictional world. He's bad. He's a wrong one. He's a drug dealer, but he's not. He steals from the drugs. He's Robin Hood in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> he steals their drugs and sells it back to them. He's flawed. He's real, though. He's absolutely fantastic. Every time he's on screen, you're drawn to him. Mm. Michael K. Williams does this fantastic job of drawing you into the character of Omar White. I wanted to meet Omar White. He could come around for dinner anytime. <laughs> Omar White was fantastic, and he survives. And he his story is really the story of the streets, of how to survive. He's the ultimate su- survivalist against the world that's after him. So he, the cops are after him, the bad guys are after him, the ultimate survivor. And watching him win and then seeing him lose and following his story is the best 
description of five series, five series of all 12, 12 episodes. They're all brilliant. They're all mm. fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, standout episode, Middle Ground, so the latest episode 11 on season three. All these characters come together in a concoction of glory, mate. Some storylines end, but some storylines, mate, they're just beginning. <laughs> um, I absolutely adore the why. It's, 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 it should be higher on my list, but... I don't think I finished it. I did enjoy it. So the problem with The Wire is it's very slow because it's yeah. real. It takes them, it's called The Wire. It takes about eight episodes to get a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it goes through everything they're supposed to because obviously it's not It's not The Shield. And it's, I said The Shield was great because it's realistic. The Wire's not. The Wire, you, they spend like two episodes going to court to try and get The Wire to start with. They don't want The Wire because The Wire's expensive. Mm. It's such a great story. It's fantastic. It didn't do well with audiences and, and um, critics say that was down to its uh, largely uh, black uh, cast list. If that's true, that's fucking ridiculous because those people have missed out on one of the mm. best shows of all time. I think it's found its feet now though, hasn't it? It's, it's oh, now well-renowned as one of the best TV shows of all time. I absolutely loved it. From its opening, McNulty is the greatest dick in the world. The police chief in, in their team, yeah, uh, he pops up in quite a lot of TV shows. Yes, Burrell. He's played by, I'm sure, what, is that David Faison's father? I believe his last name's Faison. They're from Scrubs. Don Faison. I think oh, I'm basing this on the last name. They're never, they're never. Frankie related. R. Faison is played by is Evan Irvin Burrell, who's who you're talking about. Yeah, so he um he he shows up in, in a load of stuff. I mean Lost obviously is a big one, but I, I loved him when he was in um Blacklist, which was a TV show that started yeah. outstanding. It did it end badly. God after season one. And now it's on like season fucking seven. Is he still or going? I think so, yeah. How big was his list? <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, no. Now, now, like, I think last time I looked at it is the the main uh, protagonist in it is now a villain and her husband is an assassin and it's all fucking all over the place. But season where's, one of that... Where's James Spader? James so Spader is still wearing a black hat. Well, that's good. Walking around with a black book. But Just need anything else. I love James Spader's voice. Right, so that was my four. What you got for four, baby? I've got two. <laughs> Make your fucking decision. So, I have made a decision. Okay, cool. If if you had asked me this question five years ago, I probably would have said 24 is my fourth pick. Oh, it's a great show. Because, the reason I've mentioned 24 that much is because I'm hoping you kind of mentioned it. Yeah, so 24 is, is is a TV show that undeniably, when it came out, I fell in love with. And also I think it's one that started, you started the craze of A-listers going to TV and bigger budgets for yeah. TV series. Because I believe this is one. This was the first time I remember, oh, sorry, you've been talking about 24. Yeah. Okay, it's the first time I remember watching the TV and you were having to wait a week. Yeah, well, I, I watched them on BBC Two where they showed two episodes a week. And then they did, they, did you remember they did omnibuses on mm. Sunday night? And also yeah. you could watch next week's, the next week if you went to like BBC Three. Yeah. Except for the final episode. Oh yeah. Because yeah, I always did for. that. And then when I did that, I was like, you fuckers. So that I really got into it and really got into um, into 24. I thought the concept was amazing. Keith Sutherland, you're right. You know, kind of saying I could be on screen 24 weeks of the year versus like a month if I'm in a movie. Um I really like the idea of it. The first three seasons to me are gold. Yep. I think the the um, the Nina arc, I guess, of those three uh, first movies, I think uh, series are great. You then get some standout scenes and episodes in some of the later series. But to me, it's the, the first stars. three to four episodes. Yeah. Of the, the, no, the, four is a bit over the top. But season five is when they decided to get the audiences. They fucking kill everyone. Yeah. Like you're eating skills, mate. No one was safe in season five. 24 would be. The problem with it now is it. now I'm older, you do start looking back at him going like, so the selling point is Jack Bauer will do the thing that no one else wants to do to get the details because, you know, it, it's worth saving thousands versus having to kill someone, yeah. you know, whatever. And he will do that thing and he'll carry that on his shoulders. And it is entertaining. I think the older I get, the more I realise like how catered for 
you know, the adverts that TV show was, you know, yeah. like, and how catered for the cliffhanger. And, you know, it, 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 there is a point where, so the what I'm replacing it with on my fourth is Breaking Bad. I thought Breaking Bad would be higher. Because Breaking Bad, I think, over five TV series is outstanding TV show. It really is. Walter White is a, is a great anti-hero. Aaron Paul is outstanding as Jesse in it. I got well sucked up into the hype. I thought each series got bigger and better without the use of explosions and, and stupidity. Yeah, there were a few moments where you're like, fuck it, that would happen. Giant magnets at the side of police stations or whatever. But it just built up and built up. And the villains made that show because oh, the villains changed. You had Tuco, crazy. You had um, Gus, calculated. And it ended with, uh, what's his, I can't remember, um, his real name's Jesse Pink. Clement. Pink. Just, oh no, Pinkman just so Jesse Pinkman was the fucking thingy. That's who he plays it, but he, yeah. So um, that's that's John Paul. That's Paul's character. John Aaron Paul. Paul. Aaron Paul plays Jesse Pinkman. But yeah, I'm going fucking all I over. Mean, Jesse Clements I mean, is the guy who plays the, the racist kind of psychopath. Yeah. Well, the, actually, the, I never thought he was racist. I always think he's a psychopath who hangs around with Nazis. He is an utter psychopath. He's the scariest of them all. Yeah. Because he has no morals or anything like that. He, he's he's almost like a child, and he's you know like the way that he doesn't see consequence when he kills people, like. Kills like kids and he, he kills like obviously Jesse's partner in it, that series. Um, fucking horrifying ending to it all. And it had an ending that stuck the landing. And maybe out of all the TV series, it's one of the greatest endings to a show. I like that we had the spin off movie, the uh, El, El Camino. Camino. That's fine. That's good. It's like a victory lap, a love letter. But to me, then five series resolved brilliantly. It did everything that he needed to do that to that TV show. I think Breaking Bad is is outstanding writing and and phenomenal acting from Brian Cranston. Do you know what? I don't disagree with that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. My only problem with it is when I'm watching Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad created its own Breaking Bad killer, and Better Call Saul, when it's at its best, mm. is actually better than Breaking Bad. I've never it's seen got, Better Call. It's Saul, got Frazier. So. It's got Frazier's disease. You know, Frazier was better than Cheers by the end of it. When I watched Better Call Saul. I think it's I'm having more fun than when I was having fun with Breaking Bad. And I love Breaking Bad. I can see what your point there. Yeah, Bowen and Cook's charismatic as it, much. He's so good. And do you know what the story? It, it's kind of still as ridiculous, mm. but better. But but you know what? That's that's a personal preference. I absolutely. You know, I think you you should give Break, uh, Better Call Saul a try because you'll love it. Yeah, I probably I, I probably it. will at some point. So now we're in the top three, mate. And I have ranked these, and this was difficult because I don't know what it was. I was looking into your beautiful eyes, mate. I fell in love. And then I realised last time I fell in love was Cobra Kai. That's right. 34 years ago, Danny LaRusso kicked his way to the All-State Championship. His opponent, Johnny Lawrence, is trying to eke out a living now, going from job to job, being mistaken for homeless and generally being kicked down by everyone he meets. But Johnny finds some redemption when he meets a new teenager neighbour, Miguel. He's being bullied, mate. He's being bullied. He's, been, he's having an awful time. The girl at schools don't like him because he's weedy. He's getting picked on by the jocks. So Johnny teaches Miguel to stand up to his bullies the only way he knows how. Cobra Kai style. <laughs> and takes the fight to them for once. This doesn't go unnoticed by John's old rival, Danny LaRusso, now a very successful businessman. Do you want some more? Well, how about Danny's, da uh, Danny's daughter, Sam, falling for Miguel? <gasps> and they start dating. You want more? What about if Johnny's son, Robbie, shows up to get back at his old man, begins to train with Danny? But then maybe a bond forms. You want more? All right, then. How about if we bring back maybe the greatest villain? Michael Cove. Michael Co Martin Cove. Martin Cove. As John Carice. What more do you want? Cobra Kai is started off on YouTube. Mate, yeah. But now is the world-owned 
and famous on Netflix. Three series of pure gold, mate. People say the second series lacked. I don't know what you're on about. It's high school drama with Kung Fu. Mm. What more could you want? Stand out performances, they're brilliant. William Zavka comes out with a performance that he, I don't think he had in him. Mm. I, you know, Danny LaRusso is a dick. He's, he, what's really weird is it, it takes a story that, you know, the new kid comes to, comes to town, takes the story of the crime kid and takes you in a different location, takes yeah. you in a different way. And I've, you've heard me melt away about Cobra Kai, so I don't want to do it too much. And also I don't want to spoil too many, anything because Cobra Kai have all the stiff, mate. Still going, isn't it? Still going. We're waiting on series four. You should watch it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Did, and um, the last series was absolutely great, by the way. Is it Elizabeth Banks was in it? No, it's, um, she was in Million Dollar Baby. You're talking about Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Did Elizabeth, she come back? She just, she, spoiler, she just come back in Cobra Kai just for a bit. Right. She's not a long character. But what I want, what I want them to do is they've gone through every, the three Karate Kid films now and brought like an element of back from them. So in the third series, uh, Danny Rue goes to Japan where he went in the second film. Obviously the whole premise is based on the first movie. And the end of the third series, John Kreese rings up the bad guy from Karate Kid 3. So there's only one Karate Kid missing and that's the next Karate Kid, which was... Who was the lady in Million Dollar Baby? Oh, um, Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank. So I want Hilary, Hilary Swank. I haven't seen her in a while. She should be in this as well. She should show up to fucking honor uh, Miyagi Do. Mate, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm fantasy booking this series. Cobra Kai, easily top three. One of the first, the TV show I fell in love with the last. Hopefully, we get um, Jaden Smith in it soon then as well. Why are you trying to ruin my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows? Maybe Jane Smith can appear in one of your fucking... Maybe he can be in season four of your number one. <laughs> See, for me, third place, I, I quickly brushed over medical dramas and medical series book because I didn't want this one to come out too soon. I know. I, do you know what? I would guarantee this was in your... Scrubs. There you go. Scrubs to me is everything. Scrubs to me was growing up. Scrubs had so many cameos that I could quote. I quote Scrubs almost daily. I love every character in it. I love the storylines. It, it mixed... My style of humour with drama, with fucking emotion. The Brennan Fraser episode, mate, to, was, to, to date is one of the best episodes. It's a, a stand-up for TV. Yeah, that 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 was a game changer in in that yeah, early kind of uh, Scrubs episodes. When when Cox uh, transplants organs that, uh, from a patient that's got rabies, pff, mate, that acting is stellar. That should have got an Emmy right there. Mm. It, there are moments of just pure genius in it, and the comedy. He's outstanding. I think I've never laughed so hard. Some of the original characters, Dr. Cox stand out is Johnson McGinley. Absolutely stunning. Um, Ted in it is. Ted is the number one. It, it, yeah. The same way he goes up against a dog, mate. It's, yeah. Ted is a dog. It's like, shut up. I can win this. <laughs> the to say hello. Hello. I, I think uh, obviously like you've already talked, Zach Braff, uh, Don Faison in it, Sarah Chalk in it, uh, Clark, Chalk, Chalk, Clark. Sarah Clark. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing. I love the, I love the whole series. I think there's only one episode I skip, and that's not bad in like nine seasons or whatever it was of, of Scrubs. Yeah, and I do stop Scrubs when JD left Sacred Heart the first time. That's what I stopped. That's what I got off the off it. Nice. The it music. One thing we haven't talked about is how many artists and how many music. I know you like Greg Glasswell, James. Uh, that's with Greg Greg's Anatomy. Because of what? Greg Greg's Greg's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Greg's was the unsuccessful sponsor. <laughs> Greg, Greg's Anatomy was like, <laughs> when, when they cut open people that had too many sausage rolls. Yeah, and then resold <laughs> next door. So yeah, to me, Scrubs is free. So uh, Dear Devil Killing Eve in at number four, or five. Then I'm going Breaking Bad. Then I'm going Scrubs. 
Mate, Scrubs is a great choice. And I, I still imagine we'll hold up. I haven't seen one in so long. I would love to see Ted again in his element. Blue. <laughs> yeah, he passed away there, didn't he? He did pass away. Bless him. Where can you... What so you've can, got The Expanse, The Wire. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Where am, I, where am I going? Everyone who knows me knows what these next two are. It's just what order are they in? Well, my number two, Tony Soprano is a captain in New Jersey-based crime family. The current boss is currently battling cancer and all the other captains are looking towards Tony to ascend with the one thing standing in his way, his uncle Junior. The pressures of mob life take their toll on Tony, who ends up passing out and deciding to see a therapist to help him deal with his issues before someone finds out about his weakness and takes him out. The seasons continue as Tony must deal with a workforce that would kill him, the FBI constantly hunting him, and his own mother, who, who just doesn't like him. <laughs> Tony might survive the mob and the police, but can he survive his family? Mate. Oh, James Gandolfini as Tony Soprano. Lorraine Bracchio as Jennifer Melly. Eddie Falco as Camilla. <sighs> Stephen Van, Van Zandt, who's famous for being a guitarist for The Boss, in a brilliant performance as Silvio Dante. Steve Buscemi makes an appearance in the latest series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sopranos is seen as one of the greatest TV series of all time, with every season receiving yet more and more praise. Critics and audiences couldn't get enough of Tony and his shenanigans. Sometimes the series could be hard to watch with brutal acts of violence committed by characters you've actually come to love and admire. The writing was always crisp and delivered in a believable way. Despite all of its accolades, the biggest accolade that probably came was when during a trial of a real-life mobster, wiretaps were made public. And in it, the mob affiliates mentioned how much everyone loved the show and how accurate it was. I mean, that's pretty fucking high standards. Standout character. I'm a big fan of secondary characters. The Sopranos exist because of James Gandolfini and his performance as Tony Soprano. He is, again, a fantastically flawed character who you want to side with, but ultimately it's brutal. And what it does is in the early season, it makes you on his side. But as as it knows it's coming towards its end, fucking dial up the brutality so you no longer kind of care what happens to him. The only reason you're still watching is because you invested your time into it. Mm. You want to see how it all ends. But the end, by the end of it, Tony Soprano is not a lovable character, which they kind of try to make him out to be. He is the devil incarnate. And you kind of want to know if he gets his comeuppance or do you still believe there's good in him or will he do the right thing? And instead of giving you an answer... <laughs> lets you make your own mind it up. It kind of just ends. Yeah. It, it makes lets you decide. And I really like that. But it does have one of my favourite episodes called Pine Barrens. So two characters called Christopher and Paulie have to collect some money from a drunk. Meanwhile, Tony's having a meeting with the drunk's friend. Stuff happens and the drunk ends up dead, but they go hide the body in the pine. So they go out there to dig a hole. It's just like this wasteland. However, the, the guy's not dead and he starts hunting poorly. who's lost his shoes. <laughs> they find hope from an abandoned, an abandoned mate. Pine Marans is one of the funniest and yet deadliest episodes. Spinos, I can't mention it a lot. I can't mention how much I love this TV series. It's on a regular rotation. I watch it like every year and a half. How many seasons was there? It was, right, so we did this thing where there's eight, but season seven is part one and part two. Right, yeah. So, and do you know what? I really, I, for one, so wants to avoid a lot of people, or people don't like the ending. They they wanted more. I put it up there with, wasn't a little disappointing. Game of Thrones, I'm fine with it. Mm. I'm fine with it. It's not Dexter. It's nothing, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to Sopranos. Big words, mate. Yeah. Big words. Um, I like Sopranos. Yeah. I haven't seen it all. Yeah. But I, I think I just got mafia fatigue when I was watching it. But you're not a mafia guy, to be fair. I'm not, yeah. It's not my, it's not it my is, go-to. It is very mafia. It is very <laughs> mafia. Um, my number two, mate, is uh, 
had had to do it because I think in terms of you know Scrubs is a show that I love in terms of the comedy. Daredevil is a show that just wowed me of yesteryear, and it's probably the most recent series that I fell in love with. Um, this one is the the one that I think back to probably the most growing up. And my, me and my dad used to watch it every week when it was out. It was our thing on a Friday night. And that is the X Files. Oh, do you know what? In hindsight, we've got we're talking about here about structures of TV series that all came from the X Files. Mm. The X Files gave birth to what we now refer to as modern television. Yeah, yeah. It had it had an overarching storyline. It had uh, creature Freaks features and yeah, monster episodes. It had two characters that you loved, you know, and yeah. that you could watch it with your Scully's eyes. You could watch it with Mulder's eyes. You know, it had so much to it. It was scary. It was the first TV series. This is how dumb I was as a kid. It's the first TV series I remember watching as a kid where when season one ended and Mulder's trapped down in that bunker thing. Yep. I was like, what? And then BBC One, it was like, uh, X-Files continues in the autumn. And I was like, fuck no. Like even as a kid, like, I must have been like six. <laughs> I no. was like, no, I ain't waiting, mate. And, and this is how dumb I was. I was like, Mulder can't wait down there that long. <laughs> you had a point though. Yeah, I did, mate. Luckily, you don't though. know how much is in there. <laughs> but yeah, x to me got bigger, bolder, better. Take the movies if you want. That's fine. You know, I wasn't overly sold on the two movies. I, but um, yeah, it, to me, it was everything growing up. It was everything. If you think about it, not only is it birth of the modern modern TV as we look at it now, but it's also modern. It's also responsible for the way we think. Like, I can't remember TV shows that were based on conspiracy. Mm. Now, if you're making a TV series, you've got to have a conspiracy. <laughs> There has to be a conspiracy now. Mm. It's like everything, like 24. 24 is, is like a death, is like a literal spin off of the X Files. Yeah. Like everything's a conspiracy. Who cleaned the bathroom was the conspiracy. I'll be honest, I, I remember it getting convoluted, but I remember liking the fact I didn't really understand it. There's so many characters in that there show. There were so many characters. I mean, I, I, my, standout, my standout of this, and I know it sounds really weird, is Frank is Skinner, because he's voice mate. Mitch Pelegi. Mitch Pelegi. So he was only in this and he, he was the guy who revealed before he was the magician's away, secrets. Before he was giving away that. No, he, he, he pops up in quite a lot of things, but seriously, in this, he was he was the guy, wasn't he? He was, was like, the guy. He fucking jacked. He was like... And the best villain. You know what? I've, I'm calling it now the best villain in any TV series mm. is the cigarette smoking man. Yeah, yeah. And the less you knew about him, the more interesting he was. In the late series, when he started giving a backstory, I couldn't give a flying fuck. There's loads of things, what they like um, in episodes where they like made him out to be the the gunman on the grassy knoll. Yeah, because they just show you the cigarette next to a rifle and stuff, and it just had this big, yeah, this overarching thing. I, I like the whole, the whole, you know, I like the alien episodes as much as I like the monster episodes. I like the episodes that were comedy. You know, I like the 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 Frankenstein one that's obsessed with Cher is a personal favorite of mine. It's just so it's much. brilliant, and it, and it ages fucking so bad that it makes it brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you go back to some early episodes. Like you're waiting for the tombs episodes. You're waiting for those kind of ones. And for there's an episode where like there's an AI that comes to life in a computer where he, where he looks dumb as fuck. He's like, like the, I could push that downstairs. Bigger than this room. Like this computer. <laughs> so, and what's he gonna do? <laughs> killing people in elevators of a hotel. And but it was terrifying. I remember some episodes of the X Files scaring the piss out of me growing up. I remember but, there was like the one where there's like a KFC village and the, the, the people and they all get like um that the my counter disease because yeah. you get it from eating brains. I, was, I remember thinking, I was fucking. Could I, I remember that episode. Yeah, that was fucking dark as well. That was. I remember that being the darkest. It's also got. It's got um in season four called Home about inbreds, mm. and they go in. That was fucked up as well. I believe most um TV channels refused to show that because it was so dark. I, I love the whole the whole thing of the X Files, but for me, it's the memories of it. I've been growing up like Friday nights watching that TV show, 
staying up late or whatever it was, speculating, you know, kind of counting down to like the season finale. Like me and my dad really kind of bonded over that TV show. So magic memories. Mate, I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And do you know what? X-Files is, is, if we did a top 10, would easily be in there. So your number one, obviously know what it is. Yeah, do you just want me to not do it? That's no, fine. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the slayer. <laughs> Buffy Summers is your only high school girl. She wants to do well in school. She wants to date. She wants to be with her friends. Oh yeah, she wants to kick some vampire ass. Buffy moves to the city of Sunnydale, California, home of the Hellmouth, a mystical seal that drives people crazy, encourages crazy behaviours, and brings all manner of monster to town. Buffy befriends super nerd Willow and her best friend, super loser Xander. Together with high school librarian slash secret society member Watcher Giles, Buffy and her Scooby gang fight off demons to save the day and the world we live in. Later series introduce amazing secondary characters such as Faith, Angel, and Dawn, and usually brings a solid villain to the week as brings a solid villain to the end of the series, mixing match to the X-Files famous Monster Week of the episodes with an overarching story. Um, Buffy tells a superb story throughout its seven seasons. Um, standout character is Spike. I don't know where you stand on the angel versus Spike. I think it's Spike. Spike does horrific things in it, but grows. And it always comes down to me this, mate. I'm going to stand on this hill. I'm going to die in it. It was like, oh, Angel's better than Spike. Angel had his soul thrust upon him, mate. Spike, Spike fought for his soul. Spike, therefore, was trying to get a soul, which was quite a soulful thing to do when he didn't have a soul. Therefore, Spike's better. I won't, I refuse to move from this hill. How long have I got left? I, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> I didn't watch this show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is well written. It's well executed. Josh Whedon. It's Josh Whedon. However, stories have come out that Josh Whedon's a bit of a scumbag. However, I refuse to, well, I don't refuse to, I choose to celebrate the great success that Selma Michelle Geller, Alison Hannigan, um, Rupert Giles, played by Anthony Stewart Head, the joy they gave me. I had so much fun growing up. I th- Thursday, it's BBC Two, after The Fresh Prince of Bella. I believe it was 6.45 to 7.30, mate. Buffy I, time. I used to watch, um, I started watching Buffy because I, I, I mentioned to you like a year ago about doing yeah. a, spin, a, a series of podcasts where we, me as a 34-year-old would watch Buffy for the first time and, and clearly I, not get it. And I would gush over it. And you would gush over it and tell me what I'm missing. <laughs> and we would just do seven episodes. So I'd watch all of season one. We're talking about all of season two. And see if by season seven, I was like, they love each other. <laughs> I love Buffy, mate. Nothing will ever beat Buffy. The problem with Buffy is you can't remake it. Because what you had is you had undeniable chemistry. You had if... undeniable chemistry and crisp writing. And I say crisp all the time. The writing was realistic, mate. I was almost in high school with him. I'm not going to take this away from you because I can see your passion. I can hear your passion. Yeah. I can smell your passion. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. The choreography of the first season does not age well. Do you know what? It's not. Sarah Michelle Gellar does not throw off a confusing, uh, convincing punch in that first season. Do you know what? I'm going to let it go because because it was also the first season was a rush job because it was a mid season replacement. So they had to quickly get six episodes out bef- because obviously it was replacing something from four schedules. So they didn't have that much time to get it in. Mm. Like, after that, though, mate, it's, it's near perfect. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging that as well because, like I say, um, 24, the first two seasons are fucking terrible. Mm. There were some good episodes, but it is hard. Stand out, there's three episodes. And they're all take a different, you know? So obviously the musical one, because it was Dairy Mate. Buffy was quite popular at the time. And to just do an entire episode based on music was was phenomenal. Mm. In season five, I believe, was it season four? I believe it's season five. Season four, actually. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, they have this um, called The Body. Now, without going into spoilers, but I unfortunately have to tell the spoiler. Buffy deals with death all the time. The body consists of her coming home after a night slaying vampires. 
and her mum has died from a brain aneurysm. And the entire episode is one continuously long shot. I, it does break up a few times, but mostly it's her reacting with the real-life death of her mother and how she can't handle it, despite the fact that her life is settled with death. It's called The Body, and it's quite possibly one of the most uncomfortable episodes I've ever seen. And I I actually don't watch it this that often when I'm having a Buffy marathon, which mm. is once a year. I will stop and kind of miss this, depending on what kind of mood I'm in, because it has the power to affect an audience quite well. And then, the, and then what I love about this one is in the fourth series, Josh Whedon critic said that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was only was only doing so well because of its uh, quick, quirky dialogue, and that was the only reason people liked it. So Josh Whedon stuck his middle finger up to his critics and did an entire episode where everyone's lost their voice, and it's fucking terrifying because there's people going around cutting hearts out of people. Mm. And I, do you want know mate? What a way to stick a middle finger up to your critics is to perform one of the greatest hours of television. Yeah, I think that that even as someone who didn't watch Buffy, that is well renowned as a great piece of television history. Is that yeah. episode? It's all from, I, I will never not stop talking about how much I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I am actually going to purposely stop now because I could go on for days. Well then, you know, we, we, we're in that, we're in uh, the two hour, 10 minutes Seriously. Territory, I, which is good. We knew we were going to do this. Yeah. My, it's been my, a while, mate. My top one, no surprise, is True Detective. It's, and do you know what, mate? In, in hindsight, I wish it should have been in my top five at least. I, I think the, the, the reason why is because it, it doesn't have, it has three seasons. And it does. It has you know six to seven episodes, eight episodes a season. Yeah, eight episodes a season. So it's it's not got the the number of like something like twenty four Scrubs or or the X Files. But so we we are looking at quality over quantity. Yes, the second season has some issues with it. Colin Farrell. It, it, it's the best Colin Farrell thing I've seen, other than in Bruges. But it is overcomplicated. It doesn't give the audience a fighting chance. But it has some brilliance in it. It has Rachel think- McAdams in it. Yeah, I don't think it even explains itself though. That's what that's what pissed me off the most. It is hard to. I mean, I did get it, but I didn't get a lot of it in between. Vince Vaughn, I think, came away from that season really good as well. Kind of showed his acting chops. I thought Vince Vaughn was really good in it. But for me, it's all about season one and season three. It's season one and season three. Season one for me, Matthew McConaughey, Woody Harrelson bouncing off each other in a a believable storyline of you know of of Hurricane Katrina destroying. Uh, records, criminal records, and two retired policemen being drawn in to recount because they're missing evidence, they're missing um, notes from crime scenes, and then they twig, hold on, maybe it's not resolved. And so the latter half of the series is them picking back up the case that happened years before. And that flashback, Matt McCoy's kind of uh, character's Cole in it is... He's done with life, isn't he? He's, he's done. Outstanding, you yeah. know, mixed across with Woody Harrison, you know, the person who's Cole's complete opposite. Yeah, um, everyone's friend. Yeah, and he's got the wife, you know, and all that kind of stuff. He's got the house and everything. It's got action. It's got suspense. It's got horror. It's one of them. It's a it's a TV show that leaves dirt under your fingernails. It's a, not a nice topic, you know, by the end of it. And it has an element of supernaturalism to it, particularly in the last episode, you know, has a kind of disbelief towards the end of it, which all three of them carry through. It's brilliant writing by a guy that I can never pronounce his name, that Nick Pollard, look, 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 I can't pronounce his name. I don't know he Expert writing. Maybe a bit too much in the second season. Well, he learned his lesson, didn't he? So in the third one, he scaled back and got different writers. And in. season three is, is amazing. Shot, oh, season three is the most heartbreaking. Yeah, shot over different timelines of a case with um, Hersher Ali this oh, time. Oh, mate. Oh, man. And Stephen Dorff in it as well. Who, who do you know what? I remember when I first got announced, I slagged him off. I think I slagged him off in this episode mm. uh, not in this episode that'd be fucking impressive in this series and we were like and we came to conclusions like do you know what you might only be remembered for uh, Blade Blade but do you know what you remember him yeah <laughs> so, 
and he he's good in this as well. And and you know, in, in this one, you've got a, a case that spans decades, and a, and a cop who's trying to solve it before dementia takes over his mind. And, and that's fuck. And it's just fucking brilliant. And that that first season, there are moments of like, like there are scenes that I remember. There's a scene in it where he's writing in a book, and you see a ghost in the background that that, and then that person doesn't die for like two episodes, and you're like, oh my god, it's because the timeline's all over the place. Mm. It, it, I, I was I was blown away by that third season. I was absolutely blown away by it. But season one is 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 the one for me. And I, I remember watching it when it came out. I remember rewatching it. We did a back to back marathon. Then we just watched eight hours yeah. of True Detective. So once and then we we did that. We did. We got. I got another guy into it as well. Mm. Who's a close friend of ours. You know, I was brilliant. Did you? Want, I remember for no reason. Reggie Ledoux. Did Reggie motherfucking Ledoux do this? It just sticks with it. The fucking scene. There's there's a microwave. That's hor- horrifying. But there's just, his greatest power is, mate. You watch it, and Matthew McConaughey, through the power of his eyes and hypnosis, makes you want to smoke and he makes you want to drink because yeah. he makes smoking and drinking look fucking awesome. Yeah, I do love that. I do love Matt McConaughey's performance in it. And the older Rusty Cole as well, like, yeah, yeah. he's like really haggard. And like, he's being interviewed by the police and he's like, he's like, give me some beer. It's like, we can't give you beer. He's like, well, Tuesday's my day off. Yeah. Tuesday, I drink beer. And I start drinking at 12 and it's one minute past 12. And, and then the next scene, he's just drinking a beer. I, I thought the whole thing was brilliant. I like cop dramas and to me, True Detective is the top one. You know, I've, I've, I've recently watched Mayor of Easttown, which we didn't talk about today, but I've talked about in previous podcasts. As we talked about The Killing, you know, um, uh, the, the Tunnel, The Bridge, all these TV shows, I, you know, I like I like these kind of whodunit shows where you piece together Company Fury, Broadchurch, all these kind of things. And to me, True Detective is the top one because it's smart, stylish, well acted, superbly written, believable characters in places I don't know. You know, these are parts of America. They're not, you know, they're, they're not they're shot not, in the kind yeah. of the main strips. They're not Hollywood, are they? No. So they're, they're the rusty old it's abandoned towns. Back, the first season is Back Road America. Yeah. You know, it's, it's where it's where these crimes probably do happen. These murders happen. They're chasing, a, they're chasing like a preacher, aren't they? And he's, he's literally in the middle of a rundown mm. field in one of the first episodes. Mate. I do love it. Love it. Love it. True Detective to me is my number one. So uh, your top five, just in... Well, we started off at number five was The Expanse. Then went The Wire. Then went Cobra Kai. They went the Sopranos. We finished off with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a mine fifth joint with the Punisher and Killing Eve. Uh, then it went to uh, Breaking Bad, Scrubs, X Files, True Detective. That's our show for this week. We came. We we had a we had an agenda, James. We did. We ended up talking about over eighty TV series. The only the only downsides, mate. There's definitely we've definitely missed them. Of course, so we have. please calm down. We didn't even talk about Broadwalk Empire. That's true. We didn't even talk about Twin Peaks, which I guarantee it, someone is going to message us and be like, I'm done with your podcast because you're not mentioning Twin Peaks. Fuck. And I'd like to point out, Twin Peaks is only good for one season. <laughs> season two is a fucking carbon. <laughs> so if we haven't talked about your favorite, do let us know. Do reach out. Do, uh, you know, do you let, let us know. Let us know what you thought about this new format as well, talking about the small screen, because it's something, like I said, Aaron and I have been thinking about for a while. Yeah. It might be worth a gander. Depends on what you think. So that's our show for this week coming in. At two hours and nearly 20 minutes. It's been a while. It's been a while since you touched that two hour. Do you remember, last, do you remember last week we were like, we just got to get over an hour and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. So for those of you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.